Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Schramer, joined in the Soul Shack tonight. On my right, Adam Markham, and on my left, our buddy from the XFFL, and from a golf course near you, it's Sam Cosby. Sam, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, Big fan of you guys. You know, we're friends in real life. You guys got a great product, you know? I love listening to it. Well, thank you. When I was coming down here, I kind of thought, what can I offer this group of people? I mean, you guys are experts. I'm more than a casual, but I'm not an expert, right? So I'm thinking, though, that maybe that's a lot like what your audience is like. You know, maybe maybe it's more than casual, less than expert. Maybe I can be a liaison between there you go between what you guys are doing. A lot doing of real and, dopes. Well, Sam, we're glad you're here tonight, man. And uh, speaking of a golf course near you, that wasn't just uh, in wow. jest. You guys just got off the course at Park Mammoth, Addy. We had a great time. Beautiful day. It was like 83 degrees. Really gorgeous day. Best weather we've had in probably a week plus. We got out there. Uh, we had a 4.06 tee time, so we got to play during the golden hour of golf. You know, it's always uh, just, it gets, it's just perfect. Everything's perfect. There, no one was out there today. Nobody. So, I mean, we pretty much, why. we had the course to ourselves. We could, we could, uh, we could hoot and holler. And hoot and holler you did. I've seen some of the vidges from. Uh, sure enough. Yeah, the Park Mammoth. Yeah, we had a great time. We're going to maybe eventually, uh become golf influencers me and sam sam's probably the guy i play well he's definitely the guy i played the most golf with me and sam have probably played upwards of we played 100 rounds together 100 plus couple rounds. Of years. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be i bet we spent thousands of dollars at kenny perry's country creek easy easy shout out kenny thank you kenny thank you kenny but, well, now, but now, now on to Mammoth Cave, I mean, they're Park Mammoth, Park Mammoth. excuse me, Park yeah. Mammoth, it's a great course. What I was going to say, Sam, obviously we've heard so much about Park Mammoth from Adam. You've played it before tonight, but what's your sense of this uh, new great attraction that we have in this area? Well, the Twilight Raid is great. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't say it's expensive, because just because I'm not in that economic bracket that can afford a $70 round doesn't mean that that's not worth it to yeah. somebody. It, it's a great course. It's the best public course I think we've got around here. Um, and uh, it's big, wide open. It's one of those where I think it's really going to... It would be easy for somebody to shoot one of the best rounds of their life on it and also blow up and shoot one of the worst rounds. Um so I played it twice and had two kind of opposite experiences. One was really good, and and today was uh, you know a damn near blow up. So mm. it's a it's a course that will reveal your character. It sounds like Caddy. Yeah, that's golf in general. That is. That's just. I mean, you just have you have those. You know, uh, I mean, weekly. Just you know, it you, you can have a good round one week and just whatever. You know, you can have a good round Saturday and then the next you know Sunday suck it up. It's just the way golf goes. You know. Uh, but that's a tough course. Again, again yeah, the, off the tee, it's pretty easy, but it, the the hard hard stuff out there is around the greens. The greens are humongous, and uh, God, what's it called? The undulation. <laughs> the undulation. Yeah, there's a lot of elevation. Kind of the uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty absurd out there. You know, it's uh, we had like I had a putt today that was probably like twenty five, thirty yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just don't have stuff. You don't you don't do that a lot. That's a long putt. 
It's, we, a, it's a really nice course, though. I we, mean, it's, we, we were playing so bad that these two elderly women were pushing us hard. Yeah. I mean, we were we were almost like, do we let them play through? Yeah. Then we thought, nah, man. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. 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 To the nah, nah. <laughs> Hell to the nah, nah. Well, we're glad, like we're glad you guys are here tonight. We are going to be dead. talking. They're both dead. <laughs> They're both dead. They both okay. are dead. <laughs> we clubbed them with, uh, well, I'd use a six. Sam used, I think Sam just used his driver. He said, to hell with it. <laughs> So just buried him in the sand. Rip. Or did y'all take him to Dino World and just throw him in the tar pits yeah, there? Exactly. Just left him open the, the car door and just pushed him out. Pushed him out <laughs> into the T Rex's <laughs> mouth with you, Granny. Dinosaur World. <laughs> When's the last time you've been there? Or, or, or wait, what about the what, what's what's the place where you can go and they've got the like the parakeets sit on your arm? And oh, that's uh, uh, Kentucky Down Under. Kentucky Down Under. Yeah, yeah. another wow. Big, yeah, big place. Guntown Mountain. Yeah, Guntown Mountain. Shut You've down. got the the Rock Caverns, right? Diamond Caverns. Diamond Caverns. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was some. Park sort Mammoth of... is gonna is about to put that golf course out of business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, yeah Di- Diamond Caverns. And no, just last little thing on golf. There's a really cheap course up near Diamond Caverns. Well, it's called Diamond Caverns, but it's up there near uh, Diamond Caverns. Is also a tourist destination, right? You go in there and look around the cave. This is all near like Mammoth Cave, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, and uh, they've got they've got a a hole on the course where the green just caved in a big sinkhole. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. If there's anything that Bowling Green in this area is known for uh, more than great golf and fried chicken, it's sinkholes. That's the cavern portion yeah, of the course. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's There's the diamonds, and then there's the caverns, folks, and we where, just I mean, saw where we grew a up bit of the second. It's not uncommon to drive down the street and there be... I remember I grew up behind Potter Gray, and there is, they're, they're all growing up, there was just this huge piece of, like, land fenced off by a chain-link fence. It's just a massive sinkhole. <laughs> that's yep. that's life in Bowling Green. I mean, it swallows the showroom of our pride and joy, the Corvette Museum. Yeah. And, uh, One of the biggest things we're known for, that. Truly. That event. I remember going to a wedding in Texas, and I was like, WKU, you know, Big Red. He's been on some commercials. Uh, they were like, you know, no, no, I'm sorry, I don't know Bowling Green. I was like, Corvettes? And they're like, nah. I was like, the sinkhole opened up in the Corvette Museum. They're like, oh, yeah, that's you guys. They only knew us for the Corvette sinkhole. Jet. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you uh, again. Bowling Green gets remembered for the good stuff, as we know, Addy. It's a good place. It's a good place to live. But we're glad you guys are here tonight. We're now going to be talking golf and sinkholes. We are going to be talking Dynasty Edge Rushers. We are continuing in our series looking at the top 24 Dynasty assets at linebacker, edge rusher, and safety. And tonight we turn our attention to the edge rushers. And we are pulling this from Addy's Dynasty Ranks, which, folks, if you haven't already done so, go over to theidpdraftkit.com and pick up your copy of the IDP. IDP draft kit today. It's 20 bucks. You're going to have access to it through week one of the NFL season. Uh, the, every, the team is working on their updates. We're finalizing all that stuff today. Addy, I know you were in the ranks updating some stuff. We had Stefan Tuitt retire. We had Kari Willis retire. We've had guys that we're adding. So it's a constantly evolving resource. That's right, man. We're, we're always going to be in it, always going to be updating. Uh, we want it to be you know, always up to date as as best as we can do with that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the ranks are already really good. There's just some minor tweaking, you know? 
Yeah, so tonight we are going to hit on the top 24 edge rushers, Addy. But if you want to see the full list, all the edge rushers that were ranked, uh, I mean, probably 50-plus, I would guess, Addy, maybe even more yeah, than that. probably more than that. Um, go pick you up a copy of the IDP Draft Kit, theidpdraftkit.com. I'd say at least 80-plus. Yeah, especially in Dynasty, where we're ranking more guys than we would for, like, redraft. But tonight yeah. we're touching on the Dynasty folks, and, uh, Addy, before we get into that, though, I think we have to show some love to our boy Bartiz. His new album, Farm to Table, came out last week. Our boy got the billboard in Times Square in New York City. It's as big as it gets. I mean, Sam, we like to joke that Addy has an unreal eye for talent, unreal ear for talent. Mm-hmm. He picked a good one with our intro music from old Bartiz Strange. Well done, Adam. Thank you. Sam. That's, that's what, what, did you, what did you like about it when you first heard it? Uh, just good. Sounds good. That was a, that was what really uh, you know, stood you out. Know it when you hear it. You when you know. Yeah, when you know, you know. You, you know. know? <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> That's what I say to that. Finally found the drops, folks. We're we're back on track. Oh, uh, uh, but yeah. So, shout out to anybody that else that likes that 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 drop. Oh, uh, thank everyone likes ever. that drop. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's only two that have made it faithful. Yeah, I think through the entirety of the board and all of its various iterations, it's. Yes. <laughs> yes and fart. And those are both like, like I think like week one, I feel mm-hmm. like, of the show. Yep. What, like what the, about the, you're not that guy, pal? Yeah, that one. That's around. 16. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. That one's had a good run. It's like the <laughs> billboard charts, you know, like the top 40. How long does a song stay in there? Hey, a uh, guy that wants me to stop doing the Stone Cold and uh, Adam Sandler stuff. I'm not going to. So quit asking. So quit asking. It's, telling. It's not going to happen. Now, what's that one from? That's, that, that's, that's Nick Saban. Gold. That's Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. Yeah. To a female reporter. <laughs> not going to so quit asking. Yeah. There's uh, not a good look for old Nikki S, as we know, Addy. <laughs> so, anyways. But, yeah, tonight, top 24 edge rushers. Gentlemen, I say we dive right into it because we got a lot of guys to get to. And I don't want y'all talking golf anymore. So, I want to get us into the meat of the episode here before we go any further off the rails. And to kick things off, we are starting number 24, close to home for this diehard Indianapolis Colts fan. We are starting with Quiddy Pay. 66% snap count last season, 15 games played, only 6.9 points per game and 4.84 in his last five games. Graded pretty well. I will say, Addy, heard a lot of buzz about a Quiddy Pay second-year breakout. Nate Tice, as we know, Nate loves being in the Soad Shack. But I'm happy to be here and happy to, uh, to join Join the shack. He's happy to join the shack. Happy to have Quiddy Pay as one of his breakouts. So, 24 here. What's your temperature on Quiddy Pay going into year two? Yeah, I like Quiddy Pay. He's going to have a, a very large opportunity in year, in year two. Uh, grades were pretty good across the board. Um, yeah, I just, I, this is a guy that, that, that we, we all like, right? Everyone everyone, uh, everyone that we trust and, and, and know pretty much likes him as well. So, uh this isn't a, you know, this isn't a huge ranking, like twenty four. Like that's, that's nothing that's that's gonna blow anybody away. But I mean, I think this is a guy that has upside. Uh, I feel like ranking him twenty four is is probably about where you could get him in drafts. Yeah. Um. So some of the guys I have outside of Quiddy Pay, I just wanted to run this run these by. See if there was anyone you would maybe take over Quiddy Pay. Yeah. So twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven for me is Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, Jonathan Grenard. So in Dynasty, Sam, I'm taking Quiddy Pay over all three of those guys. What about you? 
Khalil Mack is 31. Chandler Jones is 32, but just the, both of them, of course, just signed big fat deals. Yep. Jonathan Grenard is like 25 and, of course, just had, you know, kind of a breakout year. But do you trust it? It's with the Texans. It's, yeah. Well, like Adam said, I think you've got to go where the youth is. I mean, I like his snap count last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put in a lot of games. seems to stay healthy. Uh, where was it you in our RSO league? You drafted him uh, as a rookie. Would you remember kind of generally where you got him? And and do you see that as a great b- value at this point? I'd say he's probably third round rookie yeah. drafts when he came out. So that's pretty good. I I, I yeah. think that that's... I think I think having him ranked here at twenty four to me is good because his range of outcomes for me is somewhere firmly in that edge two classification. I don't think he has top twelve upside. But I think he's going to be a really solid edge two for your team all season. What I will say I like is that the opportunity now is there, and he has an established edge rusher across from him and Yannick Ngakwe, who should kind of like we talk about Chandler Jones creating sack opportunities for Max Crosby and uh, Khalil Mack doing the same for Joey Bosa. So it's like this argument of, like, does having an uh, elite edge rusher opposite you actually help you if you're a stud edge rusher? Yes, because there's a stat that PFF has just started tracking that shows sacks created, essentially, by opposite edge rushers. Khalil Mack and Chandler Jones, two of the best at that. So I'm very curious to see now with Yannick Ngakwe alongside Quiddy Pay. How does this impact? But I, I think the snap count, 66%, 15 games played, that's pretty healthy. He graded well, 69.6 overall. I think you're going to see north of 70% of snaps if he stays healthy. And uh, I would not be surprised if he was averaging 10 to 12 points a game, uh, maybe with some of those spike weeks when he gets you a couple sacks. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he's going to be one of these types that gets a ton of sacks on no. the year, right? Probably like... Uh, Seven to nine. Yeah. But he might have a good amount of tackles. Yes. So he can be a, a definite solid edge two for you. That's I what I think yeah. you might be onto something. I know that Yannick is somebody who's still got juice. I mean, he does. You, you've got you've to account for him. So there's probably some sense to the fact that Quiddy Pay could see some openings there. Now, tell me this. I was thinking, uh, I remember seeing Quiddy Pay, you know, uh, when he was drafted on, the, on, on draft day. And even just looking at his stats, he kind of reminded me of like a bigger edge rusher, you know, like more of a big wide body kind of, you mentioned step onto it earlier, kind of reminds me of that in terms of his size, like he's not a, he's not a sort of lean bendy kind of edge rusher yeah. guy or, or am I wrong on that? No, I think you're right. I see it, like a, Everson he's a big Griffin dude type, yeah. type player, you know, six, two, two sixty one, big dude. Right. Yeah. But you know, six, two, you know, t- typically we think of like six, you know, like Daniel Hunter, Jalen Phillips, those guys are like six, five, so six two is more mm-hmm. of a on the smaller stalkier end for a for an edge guy, but yeah, I think like a Everson Griffin type. And it, it looks like his his stats kind of hold up. I like I like the tackle numbers. You know, one of the things I notice in a lot of these traditional edge guys, not not the Shaq Barrett types that are sort of those uh, outside linebackers or what have you, but uh, people that play up front on the line. You know, they really don't have a whole lot of uh, tackle numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really got to have them in these big play leagues to uh, – but I, I like a guy that has uh, – so many of these guys you see have like 25, 30 tackles, um, and you're really relying on them to get those 12 sacks or 11 sacks or whatever. You know, if he could get those – I mean, is he is he kind of a run-stuff 
guy that has some uh, upside there as well. 32 tackles uh, last year, three tackles for loss and four sacks. So I don't think he's ever going to be the high tackle total guy. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, honestly, for as many snaps as he got last year. He kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, he did. He had some nice. But he was kind of banged up. Yeah, he had, right. he had a nice stretch there uh, kind of toward the back half of the season. I will say, player profiler who I trust more than anyone else he's on their. pulled up too. Yeah, measurables has him at 6'3", 261. Yeah. Uh, best comparable. That's what I always like looking at. Like just in the database, who does he compare best to? Bradley Chubb. So that's nice. That's a nice comp. Uh, Bradley Chubb obviously been disappointing for NFL and IDP purposes, but was a great prospect coming out. So I think Quiddy Pay is going to have all the opportunity in the world. This will be a very telling season for is Quiddy Pay legitimate or not for both NFL and IDP purposes. But, Adam, let's move to number 23 on the list, Aziz Ojolari. 49 total tackles, 8 TFLs, 8 sacks, 13 QB hits, 67% of snaps across 17 games played, 9.3 points per game, including 7.69 his last five games. Aziz Ojolari quietly had a nice little season for the Giants. He did, and he had those mantra weeks, so we know he's got a nice high ceiling, and they brought in... You know the pass rush there with Kayvon. That's right. So he he won't have as much attention on him. Um, should get a chance to maybe clean up some of, some of his pressures. Uh, Thibodeaux, Thibodeaux, Thibs, um, Thibs, oh Thibs. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of similar to Quiddy Pay. You know, we're, a lot of this is projecting. You know, the your young guys getting better. But I mean, I like what we saw a lot year one out of out of Aziz. So. And I like what that defense is doing in general. That team, I like the way that, the way that team is trending. Yep. And we've heard a lot of good stuff. I think we could see a very similar kind of Bills rebuild situation where mm-hmm. if they can get the quarterback figured out. And even Daniel Jones could take a nice little he step He could. He's year, got a nice you know? head coach there and some nice weapons. That's a mess there. That's a, that's, that's a big thing, the, 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 you know, the staff that these guys are in. And it's been a bad situation there in New York. But That coaching staff has been a joke. The GM's been mm-hmm. a joke for a long time. Yep. Sam, let me ask you this. Aziz Ojolari opposite now Kayvon Thibodeau we're going to see him a little later on in the rankings you're in a draft startup draft you pay in the sticker price for Kayvon Thibodeau maybe wait a little later and grab an Aziz Ojolari a little later in the draft are you the bargain guy or are you are there some guys that you're willing to pay up and and pay that sticker price for well I think Ojolari still got the potential and youth on his side um I'm not I'm I'm always the guy that likes to wait and get the value later um that that was kind of my thinking this year with the on the safety end instead of Kyle Hamilton, I'd really like to just wait a few rounds and maybe get Lewis Seen or, or Brisker or something like that. So I like waiting, but um, but I do agree that in general uh, uh, it makes a lot of sense to look at the the Giants as a team that will uh, uh, regress to the positive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really get a lot worse on either side of the ball than they have than they were last year. Yeah, so let me ask you this. If you're maybe going to take Aziz Ojolari later in a startup, are you going to wait and grab Yannick Ngakwe a little bit later than, say, a Quiddy Pay? I, I, I like Yannick, but, but I bet you if I looked at his stats, I might eat my words. But I just think that he's a guy that can wake up and have some huge games for you. And I like the new team he's on. I yeah. like the direction that the Colts go, are going. And so... I'm I'm just but I think I would probably uh, I think in that case I would probably take pay yeah because Ngakwe's kind of getting he's a little longer in the tooth yeah and obviously with Thibodeau versus Ojolari both those guys are young both highly drafted 
both play for the same team. So he's, he's also perennially like on a new team. You know, yes. every every he's, single year. He's I the don't like bounty that. hunter at this point. Yeah, the, for the free agent that just signs the one year deals. Although Ojulari looks like he's got uh, kind of bad uh, PFF grades. Yeah, he make of that he didn't grade well. Addy, I'm curious here. Is this ranking him one spot ahead of pay? Was just this just more of what we saw in year one? Yeah, just production. Yeah. We just saw more production. And I mean, those guys played about the same, almost the exact main, you know, same snap percentage, sixty six percent I think for Pay and sixty seven percent for Ojulari. That's right. So, yeah, we just saw we just saw him do more. Aziz saw more with the opportunity. I'm in a startup right now. It's okay, a fourteen teamer, super flex, tight end, premium. Uh, we have twelve IDP. No, I'm sorry, fourteen starters on IDP. Sheesh, that's a deep that's a deep starting uh, lineup right there. Yeah. It's uh, it's intense, right? Anybody we know in there? Yeah, we got uh, our boy Evan, uh, Butt Poopy Poo, um, Butt Poopy Poo, our boy Macri, um, lots of good guys in here. Good, Vinny, good guys. Yeah, uh, Turner Sykes. Now you're just gonna name everyone so no one gets left out. All right, the rest <laughs> of you, you're not important enough to get named. Just we deal love, with it. We love everybody in there. Okay. Um, and let's see, then looks like, uh, who was the guy we just had? We had Aziz Ojolari. So he was in the, he was around 16 and a half. And then we had, um, Owe went 16.3. So he went actually ahead of Ojolari. Really? Okay. And you've got him ranked ahead. I agree. So there you go. Yeah. Have you had any betrayal? Any betrayals in there? I just waited. I just waited. But y'all, there's plenty of that. Plenty. Of that. I'm right next to Macri. So any picks that made you go? Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Right next to Macri. That's tough. 40 or 41 of them, sure. I only have one bad pick. Only one bad pick? Who was it? I'll never tell. I'll never tell. By the way, we we were talking the other day. I thought this would be a good spot to bring this up. That uh, I thought that one of the great drops that you guys could get, maybe you could even make it, have Adam do it. He's really good with, you know, voices and stuff. Think about one of those situations where you guys are talking about you drafted somebody like I heard Bobby, you know, going like, oh, I got Justin Ross, you know that, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And uh, he was really into that. But wouldn't it be great if there was a drop where it was just some cam girl going, yeah, daddy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. There you go. Number <laughs> 22, number 22 on the list, gentlemen, Demarcus Lawrence, 21 total tackles, five TFLs and three sacks. Played 57% of snaps across seven games, but man, was he good when he played. 16.3 points per game, 18.48 points per game. In the last five games, Addy, this was a player who we thought was going to have uh, his old running mate back uh, with the oh, the player that went to Denver. Who was Gregory. It? Thank you, Randy Gregory. But now has... Basically, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler. Dorrance Armstrong. Dorrance yeah, Armstrong. Like decently. So Demarcus Lawrence, this seems like a perfect, if you're punting DL in your startup, go grab Demarcus Lawrence a little later because I feel like he's getting slept on for how good he was last season. Yeah, definitely. And he's going to be down there, you know, in the finish because he, what, he only played like six or seven games. But yeah, yeah. seven games played for that for that six, seven-game stretch, man, he was elite. Um, he is still a little bit younger than guys like Khalil Mack and Chandler Jones. He just turned 30. Uh, he just signed a three-year, whatever, million-dollar deal. So, um, yeah, Demarcus Lawrence, I think he can still be elite for another three to four years, and that's why he's ranked. Maybe maybe some people raise their eyebrows a little bit at that just because of his age, but 
Um, as as we've discussed a lot recently, I, I've started giving a lot more love to these vets. Yep, we've come around. We were we were horny for youth early in the run of this show, and now we've come around to the fact that these older guys, Von Miller's getting a hundred and twenty million dollar contract, yeah. and horny for youth, uh, horny for youth. But it, there was a whole lot of busting. <laughs> you guys are gonna make me do so much editing in this episode in post production, and I don't appreciate it. That first part where I kind of mess it up. I want to come in smooth on that one. <laughs> I bet you again. do want to come in smooth. <laughs> yes, sir. Go ahead, Addy. Whole lot of hey, maybe put in a little land strip for me. All right, uh, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> what? Um, question for you. Okay. How do you incorporate PFF grades into your fantasy approach here? Because I see. Demarcus Lawrence, 90.9 overall, 92.5 and run defense, and then some really nice grades in the 70s and 80s here to round things out. Does this, for me, I look at it as it's a great uh, check mark in Dynasty 4. This guy's probably not going to lose his job anytime soon. So in a Dynasty startup especially, I'm taking that as, kind of a baseline criteria tiebreaker situation. If it's down between two guys and one has the better PFF grades, probably going to go with that guy over the guy with lesser grades that has a better chance of getting the rug pulled out from under him. But how do you incorporate these grades into your draft strategy? Well, if I were to say to you that I understood the math and the advanced statistics behind a PFF grade, I would be lying. But I don't know. I mean, I, I trust their process. I, I think I feel as though what it means is it means to me that the player is playing well in the eyes of a rational coach. Um, And I think that it means that they are more likely to stay on the field. Um, I think that IDP uh, IDP fantasy is about, uh, is about snap counts. It's about opportunity more than the other side of the ball in a way. Yep. Uh, And opportunity is king. And so, uh, especially for a young guy, if I'm seeing a higher than average PFF grade in some way that's totally relevant to what they're doing, then um, then I think that that what that means is they're going to have a higher chance of being on the field for a larger uh, amount of time, more regularly, and that just means more opportunity. And I want uh, I want people who are on the field, so I'd be more likely to draft all of the things equal. There you I go. Be, I would be more willing to draft them higher. Yeah, it's just a good kind of checkpoint, Addy, in terms of like oh. This guy is probably going to be on the field more. We are, unfortunately, leaning into the fallacy of rational coaching a little bit here, assuming that the best players will play the most. But I think in the long run, in the aggregate, you see the PFF grades tend to correlate more with guys who get more opportunity yeah. or who are going to make more out of their opportunity, right? Yeah, and that's what we're looking for. It's, it's mainly for dynasty. Exactly. We want to see guys that are performing well year to year because those are the guys that are most likely to keep their job. That's right. Those are the guys that get the opportunity, and opportunities what scores points. That's what yeah. was saying. Yeah. Redraft, not as much. We can get care. into the money stats. Uh, give me a, give me a 28.0 if he's racking up a bunch of tackles. I yeah, don't care. give me Devin White and his yeah. uh, god-awful negative 25 PFF yeah. grade. Although there is kind of a there is kind of a sleight of hand uh, about it on some parts of uh, IDP, which I think was really tough for me at the beginning uh, when I first started it. Which is uh, now I'm just assuming that if you were to go back and look at Namdi Asamoah's PFF grades, that they would have been incredible. But I'm not sure that he would have been a very good IDP asset, right? Now maybe that's just for the for the corners, and maybe that's specific to that. But I think sometimes. Um, Sometimes PFF grades can mean that they are so damn good yeah. that the ball never comes to them. That's true. Um, 
maybe that's more relevant just for the defensive back. Yeah, I think defensive backs, yeah, that's probably a little higher correlation. Uh, but as we're seeing, cornerbacks, uh, depending on your format, and uh, here recently, cornerbacks being deployed in a lot more interesting ways. Yeah, like Jalen Ramsey, yeah, that will probably score well on PFF, but now that he's playing that that uh, star role, he's racking up a bunch of tackles. Yeah, so absolutely. Relevant for IDP as well. So let's move to number 21, old Greg, Gregory Rousseau, with 21 total tackles, five tackles for loss, three sacks, two forced fumbles, a defensive touchdown. Go, old Greg. Played 49% of snaps across 17 games. Scored pretty well, though, 9.4 points per game and 10.99 points per game in his last three games, Addy. That was in two games, right? All those stats were in two games last year? A lot of them, yeah. Yeah, old Greg. Good many. I love that old Greg, I don't know, is one that I would necessarily have ahead of Aziz Ojolari and Quiddy Pay, but I'm curious why you have him down here at 21. Um, I just liked him better. He was I like him a lot better than the two. I mean, he was extremely productive in college. Uh, I like his. I like the fact that he's learning from Von Miller now. I think that his snap share is going to go up. That's to, the big question for me. That's why I would maybe have Pay or Ojolari higher was because we saw more snaps from these guys. So are you assuming a leap into that 60, 70 range for uh, his snap count? Yeah, I think him and Von Miller. That's a really good pass, uh, pass rush unit now. I mean, with because uh, you got Boogie Basham there too. You got the old guys out and yeah. Jerry Hughes and uh, Mario Addison, I think it was, that was there. There. AJ Epinesa still there. Yeah, Epinesa. So that's a, it is a little bit of a rotation, but if I'm picking the two guys that I think will be the ones seeing the highest percentage of snaps, it's going to be Von Miller, and I think it's going to be old Greg. Yeah, and we've already seen uh, him and Boogie Basham both attended uh, Von Miller's pass rush camp, which we know that's, you know, always a highly publicized deal you want to get you want to get that ticket to the uh pass rush camp with von miller some of those guys not only get to you know went to the pass rush camp but they actually get this guy every day and and practice so that can only mean good things for for the young guys um but yeah i mean i i think a lot of old greg and uh i'm excited about him love him i love him you love him you gonna marry him Maybe. Is that a Mighty Boosh reference you guys are making with old Greg? Old Greg. You know, the old Greg skit? Yeah, the, yes. Um, that? Yes, that's I'm the old, YouTube. I'm old Greg. Yeah, the I'm old Greg, yeah. 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 sure. That guy hosts Great British Baking Show now. His dad's also named Greg. Yeah, old oh, Greg, funny. yeah. So there's lots of good Gregs in the mix here. Uh, I, I really I really like where you've got Rousseau here. Uh, this is a great example of what we were talking about before, that I like his youth and I like that you can probably see some positive regression in his snap count given the PFF grades. I mean, I feel like that he's got a pretty, I think it's probably above average. I don't know what average is. Well, I, what the hell do I know? I'm just saying, I'm seeing a lot of green here. Yeah, right? green it, is it, good. It looks, you want it, green. It looks, like, uh, it looks like he's a guy that doesn't hurt his team. He did blow up in those two games I was impressed with. By the way, didn't Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison go to the same team again with each other? Did, did they? they? I, I, have think, to see. I think they're both on the, on uh, a new offensive well, defensive line with each Hughes other. is on the Texans, so if, if Addison's there. Yeah, so Jerry Hughes went to the Texans. Let's see where Mario Addison went to. I thought he landed maybe uh, somewhere else. No, Houston Texans. <laughs> Sam's right. But, Same place. But reg- regardless, those two guys. They hold hands they, at every they, practice. They were the, they were the uh, kind of opposite starters on the, on that line, right? Yeah. Both those guys are gone. Isn't that, I mean, isn't yeah. that a great opportunity? Even with the Absolutely, addition yeah. of Von Miller. Clears yeah. the lane. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, if you're talking about talent, just talent alone, like it's it's Von Miller, Greg, and then 
at Oliver, and I think you want to play all those guys as much as you can. I know that they've done the rotation stuff in the past, but that team has uh, Super Bowl aspirations, and I think they want to. They need to be smart and, and and field their best players more often. I mean, I don't understand the rotation. Like, if you have guy young guys that are willing and able to play above fifty, but like get them out there. What are we doing? Yeah, there's no need to cut these guys off at the knees in terms of their development to get other guys snaps that are inferior players. But maybe play that, your best players. And maybe that was what you know they were worried about with Jerry Hughes and Addison. Those guys are kind of like leaders, I guess, probably among the defensive line. So maybe they were just you know showing respect to those guys, not rocking the boat, but. Those guys are gone now. It's time. Let the young guys loose. And I think there's also something to be said for easing guys in because there's probably nuances to learning that position that we can't fully appreciate. Three guys sitting here in a shed that veterans are better at certain things than these rookies are. And so that's why they do hold out and maintain playing time. But I think we're seeing the Buffalo Bills coaching staff putting their faith in these young guys to take a step forward now with Hughes and Addison out of the way. But uh, let's move here to number 20. And this guy is interesting, Sam, because on the IDP DeLorean episode we just did, this guy was originally named the All Hat No Cattle Award winner, which was the highly drafted edge rusher, sure to disappoint you in 2022. Now, I think we... On what grounds? What, what, what was the thing? Basically that... He was going to be taken highly, and kind of like Chase Young last year, whether it's injury, whether it's poor play, a combination of the two, that he was going to disappoint relative to where you took him. And so Montez Sweat, I think we retroactively changed it to Chase Young, is the winner of that award. But it's funny, both guys come from the Washington Commanders defensive line. It feels like the bloom is off the rose a little bit with regard to Montez Sweat and Chase Young, at least in the eyes of some of those, some of the folks here sitting around this table, the IDP community, though, as we learned from, you know, poll lovers, tremendous polls that he put out recently, the IDP community still loves Chase Young. So where do you come down on the Washington Commanders defensive line and Montez Sweat kind of individually here? Are you still in on Sweat or... Are you kind of staying away and avoiding both of these guys? Is it just a? I mean, is it a? Is it a toxic workplace environment? Is that is that what the commander uh, yeah. is? Is that are, are, are we? And now is you it, just is it best to just be out on the commanders. Yeah, and now you just added Carson Wentz, who the Colts couldn't eject her seat fast enough from their twenty twenty one roster. I don't know what to think, man. I mean, the rational thing is to think that that there will be positive regression from how poorly they did last year. Yes, and they were a massive disappointment across the board. I think I, I bet you if you were to go back and look at the stats on it, you would find that very few teams that did as poorly as they did did even poorer the next year. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think uh, I, I know that this is the way I feel about Chase Young, that um, if you were going to sell him, you missed your opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and, and you want to, in my opinion, I want to be a buyer of these guys and not a seller. And therefore, if you've got them, I think you want to hold. Um and uh, I don't think you want to sell them for less. I think I think the rational thing is to look at the the, the positive regression upside of these guys. They're still really young. Um, I think the be- their best football is in front of both of them. Okay. And um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. And if I don't have them, I might even buy if somebody's dumb enough to will- be willing to sell them low. What are you um, What are you selling for? 
So if someone comes at you with uh well, I, I thought I thought those polls were I thought the polls were really interesting, and I was trying to make sense of them because I remember that uh, when you were asking, you you basically asked like Brian Burns, the, the these kind of like Josh high, Allen, high, Josh Allen, Max high, Crosby, high, high end guys are going to be farther up this list. Yeah, and everybody was still like. No, no, Chase Young. I'd still keep Chase Young like sixty to forty, that, yep. that kind of thing, really heavily toward it, right? Yep. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of like we all know those league mates that you know um, really want to tout their guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I was thinking, I bet a hundred percent of these people answering this are people that own tons of Chase Young, yep. right? Oh, yeah. And and there, it's there, there's this tendency for us to want to go. I've got this guy. This guy's really good. This guy's really good. And then you go. Hey, you want a uh, you want a late first form? Yep, sold. Because I remember that that was another one of those uh, polls, you know. And I remember texting Adam that I thought it'd be interesting to ask if uh, like make make the two options more extreme. Uh, if it was between Chase Young and Miles Garrett, I wonder if people would still uh, be so dumb as to say, "Oh, give me give me Chase Young over Miles Garrett." But what if you said, "Would you take a would you take an early first for it, or, or, or excuse me, an early second for it?" I just don't know. I just don't know what I do. I mean, I think th- I would. I would definitely take Miles Garrett over him. I would. By the way, I would take Brian Burns over him. I would take Josh Allen. A, a healthy yeah. one, right? I think we took almost everyone in that, except for maybe Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, yeah, over Chase Young. But then we both said we wanted the pick. So someone comes offering you. You're the Chase Young manager yeah. in our main league still, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. someone comes offering a 2023 first. I'd probably take it. Well, now where does it have to be in a, in a in a in a vacuum? It's gonna be late. It, yeah, it's gonna be late. And it, well, I think I own all the late ones. <laughs> That's true. But uh, but it, yeah, it'd probably be late. I, I don't you can't say that. You can't say you own that. Uh, you can't say you manage those picks. <laughs> You're gonna get us you canceled. Roster, oh, you, roster, you roster, you roster those, those picks. picks. <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. You uh, maintain so I, so I, so those so picks be, in your portfolio, so I can be unwoke even when talking about picks. Yeah. Yes. Oh I yeah. I see. Yep. It's true. Yuck. It's when you got to really be on, on alert. Fart. That's, that's uh, what you get for yeah, that's right. owning okay. this. This is the most PC podcast <laughs> there is. Uh, under under my tutelage. Yes, there you go. I've got, I've got a lot of picks. But in, but in a vacuum. Under tutelage. It's like he's got him around a table, like teaching them <laughs> yeah. the ways of the world. Right, right. <laughs> right. You somehow made it worse, not better. And I appreciate that, Sam. I appreciate that. Is that what tutelage means? Like a tutorship? Yeah, like exactly. Like you're kind of teaching them, you know, taking them under your wing. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what words mean. I'm not like, a, yeah, oh yeah, that's what it means. But okay, yeah. so say someone comes offering you the 111. But It's um, hard to tell what the picks will be in 2023. We don't know yet, but let's say you knew for sure that was going to be the 111 in it's 2023. Mine. It's mine. So it's going to be the 111 or it's one. It's going to be the, the runner-up, exactly. I'd probably take it. I'd, prob- I'd probably take it. So you're done with Chase Young. You're cashing no, out. No, no, no. I, I didn't... That, that's, but your that, ticket, you're, you're that's done. Right on the your line. ride's over. You're gonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we should send an offer for Chase Young right now. Is what yeah. we're saying. Okay. No, I mean don't 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 be mad at me if you, somebody sends me that and I and I chicken out of it. But that that really is right on the line. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Trade man. I, I I would probably do it. I don't think I'd take a second. Um. Also, think by the way that if if you're in that situation, you are you ought to have already made some sort of move to to to. Deepen your roster on the on the DE side. Well, you've had to, and um, I don't. I don't. Yeah, think he's you... pooped the bed. Yeah, I mean, you've had. He, he's been nothing. He's not Dejavian and Clowney yet. Boy, I, we're trending that way. I was. I put the comparison out on Twitter. Just looking at the those guys are freakishly similar in terms of their build, and it's like highly drafted guys that just have totally disappointed. 
I don't know, man. Is Chase yeah. Young on the Jadevian Clowney career path? We'll see. Clowney's been fine. You know, average, pretty pretty solid for NFL purposes, but a total bust for IDP. So you guys think it's more like like it, you uh I don't I'm not saying I disagree with this, but you guys think that it might be a Montez Sweat Chase Young thing as opposed to uh as opposed to a Redskins thing. Oh, now you definitely oh, got us canceled. You Sam. have done it. Oh, <laughs> oh the commanders. <laughs> yes, sorry. Sir. The Mandos. <laughs> no, Addy, I wanted to bring this up before we got sidetracked there with Sam getting us canceled multiple times. But it sounds Are like. Are you upset with us? Yeah. Do you want our dreams to just be over? He's, he's a mole. He's working for our enemies in here, Addy. He's part of the military. Um, part of the football guys. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. I feel so ashamed. I know. You're going to have to turn your mic off for the rest of the show. Uh, but, Addy, it sounds like Sam is actually making the bull case here for Montez Sweat and Chase Young both that if the manager is wanting to sell and cash out on these guys because they're disappointed, go buy them. Now, the price, of course, Damn is going to dictate gotta that. you got to have those assets to go buy them, and you got to give up those assets. That's what I was going to say. I don't know that the perception, though, has fallen enough. There's a, I, we're saying this in theory. There's a yes. disappointed Montez Sweat manager or Chase Young manager who'd be willing to part with these guys for maybe a second or a third or something stupid. I don't think those people exist. No, I think if you're buying, you're you're buying Montez Sweat because he's he's definitely going to be cheaper the two. Yes. Um, what could you get Sweat it, for a second? Maybe. I mean, honestly, around rookie draft time, maybe you could have gotten him for a third. You know, maybe someone saw Karloftis or something like that yeah. there and was like, or Trayvon Walker and yep. talked himself into that or something. Uh, so now you're probably going to have to give up a future second. Yeah. You know, with the, if the, your rookie drafts passed, but maybe not. Maybe you can get him for like a a twenty a twenty twenty three third or something. Yeah, if you're Someone's in if, rebuild mode or something. If you still have your rookie drafts to come, let us know. Go and you like Montez Sweat to bounce back. I do agree with Sam. I think there is a case to be made that positive regression is coming for this Washington defense that was so disappointing. Uh, so if you're in a rookie draft and you're in the third round and someone has stars in their eyes for a Carl Loftus or a Jermaine Johnson or some of those edge rushers that are there around the third round. Go throw out a third, that pick for Montez Sweat. See if it works. Report back and let us know if you uh, have success. Yep. Good luck. Good luck. Good I luck cer- to I you. I certainly rather have Sweat in the, in, uh, for a third than, Absolutely. Than, than Chase Young for a first. And I, and I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't give somebody a first. Exactly right. Yeah, so that's the question is, what would we give for Montez Sweat at this point? What would you feel comfortable giving? I don't know that I'd give a second for Montez Sweat know, right now. I prefer not to do that. Uh, I'd probably, I mean, I'd give up, I'd give up a third, a future third. I'd probably give up a probably a current third too if I hadn't had my rookie draft. But yeah. I'd, I'd give a, a future third and then probably like a future fourth. Okay, so third maybe, and a fourth, maybe like a twenty twenty three third and a twenty twenty two fourth. Really twist my arm, maybe I can give up a, a twenty twenty four third. Okay, all but right, that's absolute max. Yeah, so not not a high not a high price tag right now, at least for you as a buyer. Well, I mean, he's coming off a down year. Yeah. You know. I don't think the seller is going to be – I don't think that deal's getting done. You don't think anyone's giving up on him for, for that? I think I think the folks want a second. I think the folks want a second. All right. So what if they want – what if I give him a second? Would you do uh, – would you do Montez Sweat for uh, – or Montez Sweat in uh, – for a second and a fourth? If no, I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. Montez Sweat in a fourth for a second? Hmm. That that I think is a little closer. Yeah, that seems fair. I think that's pretty fair. 
So there you go. That kind of gives you the price check on Montez Sweat right now. But let's move to another second-round player, Addy. This is, I believe, the second-highest-rated second-year guy you have on the list. We'll talk about the swaggy man from Miami a little bit later. But Odafe Owe of the Baltimore Ravens is sitting here at 19. He played 65 snaps across 15 games, 8.7 points per game. 7.32 in his last five games. Sam, of these second-round guys, of which we've talked about several of them already, Gregory Rousseau, Quiddy Pay, Aziz Ojolari, now Odafe Owe. We'll talk about Jalen Phillips here in a little bit. Do you agree with Adam's ranking of these guys, or do you have anyone else at the top of this second-year edge rusher mountain besides Jalen Phillips at one, Odafe Owe at two? I really like uh, I really like OA. This is a kind of a Macri special right here too. He, he loves OA, doesn't he? Yes, he does. OA is a big. You, you guys are all big fans of his. Yeah, I, I think it's a great spot for him. I really like it. What do you guys love most about him? I just think his eyes. He's got a good smile. Cool name. Yeah, cool name. Smells good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the measurables are amazing. Six five, two sixty, thirty four and a half inch arms. Uh, mm. Everything, mm-hmm. everything on the profile is above. 94th percentile. If you're looking at his 40 yard dash, was a 44240. It was 99th percentile. Uh, he had a speed score of 134.7. Uh, that's 100th percentile. A burst score, uh, 134.2. That's 98th percentile. Agility score, 11.10. That's 94th percentile. So, I mean, got the profile you want. Six foot five, 257. I mean, 99, 100, 98, 94. And, you know, Baltimore, the, the workout Baltimore is just stacking up these young guys. Yep. And we've seen they just have such a good good history of 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 knowing who who's going to be good on defense or putting these guys, you know, Patrick Queen the jury steal it on him, but for the most part they have a really good success rate. They there's, seem to find yes, good players. There's a there's few franchises that I would trust more with a highly coveted defensive asset than Baltimore. Yeah. The stability there, the track record of churning out these phenomenal defensive players tells me that Odafe Owe is in a very good situation to succeed. Ajabo is going to be nice to have yes. across from him. Calais Campbell's back, so he still gets to learn from him. Uh, Tyce Bowser is a, a solid player coming off injury. We know that uh, we know that Nate Tice loves Matabuke. Right. I've I seen think a lot he, of people he wrote him up as his breakout for I've this year. It, I've seen that other places as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, and Kyle Hamilton's there now, so – Good things. Good things in Baltimore. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about this guy. Love it. 18 here, Sam. I want to get your take on this because this was a hot topic around draft season, especially for those of us who play on the RSO platform. Trayvon Walker, all right, first overall pick in the NFL draft. Addy has him ranked here at number 18. Uh, He had 33 total tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, and six sacks his last season there. At Georgia. So this is a classic question for me of positional designation, right? If Trayvon Walker is listed as a linebacker, especially in a nebulous situation in Jacksonville, a lot of folks not crazy about the landing spot and about the draft capital. What are the Jags doing? This is a total reach. But if he's listed as an edge rusher, where are you taking Trayvon Walker in a rookie draft if he gets that edge designation? Well, I mean, I guess he'd have to be up there with uh, 
with Kayvon and and, uh, and Hutch, right? I, I mean, think he's probably a second round pick, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean that's where Thibodeau, Hutchinson were all off the board before I picked at two hundred three. I think Walker sneaks into probably middle of the second round if he's a defensive end or edge. He's someone that I was really, uh, I've really risen on probably more than anyone. I was going to say, this is high. This was surprising to see Walker at 18. Just because, I mean, there's too many There's too many nice things, you know. I mean, the, the draft capital, which will keep his value afloat for a while. People are going to be saying, you know, even if he takes some time this year, next year, there's people are still going to be optimistic about this guy for a while. Um, that, and then you look at the profile. I mean, he's... It's ridiculous. Yes, he's up there with that. I mean, his player profiler is... You know, 98th percentile 40, uh, 99th percentile speed score, 79th burst, 90th percentile. So, I mean, 6'5", 272. <laughs> he's just a uh, – he's got all the measurables we want. And I know that we, the production wasn't really there at Georgia. But I'm willing to – I mean, I think you have to be patient, obviously, with Trayvon Walker. But this is someone that I think you will be glad you were patient. Because also, I mean, the, the price tag isn't that bad. I know you guys are saying that you know second round pick is where he'd be valued, but I mean we haven't seen him go. I haven't seen him go really earlier than the third round in any draft I did this this year. Maybe he went second and one. I think there's a lot of folks who are like there's a stink on him because he went so early in the draft, earlier than people think he should. Mm-hmm. So there's this overcorrection now in IDP circles of like, well this guy stinks. Like everyone is ripping this pick this guy clearly isn't good right yeah i think in our circle i think he's yeah slept on probably too much yes at this point just because there's been a lot of bad no one liked him no one liked him you know no. you look at like most of the shows out there i mean macri didn't like him um pretty much everyone that had an opinion on you know he was he was like the least favorite of the group i, was, I remember trip talking on our draft live stream like why take the guy who's the athletic freak with very little production you know not a lot of proof points that you can look back at from his college career when you've got the guy who's like five to 10% less of an athlete, but proved it at Michigan and Aiden Hutchinson. And so it's like, why did the Jags do this? Why did they reach when the guy with all the production was just slightly less athletic than the athletic Uber freak in uh, Trayvon Walker? Yeah. But still, I mean, the shade is the shade for Trayvon's a little severe, I think. Okay. So I think with, with everyone hating on him, I think there's a chance to maybe get him at a value. I mean, I think you've already seen him as, as a – he's been a nice value. So, Sam, you hate Trayvon Walker, right? That's where we're coming down. <laughs> I like him fine. Hey, here's, here's Don't the, lie, here's, Sam. Here's, here's the question, though. What's the narrative on what the sort of coaching philosophy is around there now? Because that, that was a big – Competent better, coaching. Jack, jackass fest. Better situation yeah. now, right? Much better. Yeah. So, I mean, I think – and also, I mean, just – they just really – Brought in a lot of guys that I like, you know. I mean, and we love Josh Allen, but Devin Lloyd we love, Chad Muma we like. Foyer's um, going to rack up there now. 200 tackles. I mean, they just got a lot of solid players in there now. And then, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if you believe in Trevor Lawrence, I think you have to feel like that team is going to be headed in a good direction. You, you a Lawrence believer? Like his hair. Yeah. Tall drink of water. Tall drink. No, I am. I think mm. I think that this was the worst possible situation for a rookie quarterback 
And I, and his I, weapons are for ass. Yeah, I think the Still coaching increase, but <laughs> yeah. it's better. It goes from like the worst supporting cast in the NFL to maybe like the twenty fourth yeah. best or something. Christian you know? Kirk's fine. Yeah, Evan Ingram's fine. Those guys are overpaid, but by God, they're usable NFL receivers. You gotta overpay to get them down there. That's right, Jacksonville. Yeah, nobody's like beating the door down to come play for the Jags. So. Let's talk about another Florida team and another Florida edge rusher. It is Shaquille Barrett here at 17. 51 total tackles, 9 TFLs, and 10 sacks. Graded very well. 81 overall PFF grade on 76% of snaps across 15 games. 15 points per game and 18.39 points per game in his last five. Shaq Barrett's getting slept on, Addy. I will just say it. Oh, I mean, he's been, and Sam knows this, now he's listed as a linebacker in RSO, but, I mean, this dude's been elite, I mean, since he got to Tampa Bay. Yep. And that's what, we're going on like three, four years at this point? That's right. Uh, and he's, I mean, I don't think he's slowing down at all. I mean, I have a, I, I will personally say I have a blind spot, did not realize 15 points per game and 18.39 in his last five. Yep. Played his ass off last year. And it wasn't even as, like, I mean, if you look back at, I think it was 20, maybe it was 2020, 2019. 2019 was that year where he led the league in sacks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, even uh, even as good as this has been, like, he's even been better. So, um, yeah, he's just been, he's been great. I mean, he's been elite for three straight years. And, um, yeah, I love Shaq. I think what you get of, uh, when you when we start getting up this uh, up this list, uh, it's Shaq Barrett and beyond here, st- kind of starting with Shaq Barrett, is you see that that twenty two quarterback hits right. This is kind of a big leap up from from the rest. And when I think about Shaq Barrett, I think about how man he is four inches away from having an extra twenty sacks a year. Mm-hmm. You know, now of course he's not going to get all of those, obviously. But uh, the point is, is this guy's almost there four or five times a game, and he's out there every snap. Uh, not every snap, but about, about three-quarters of the snaps. Yep, that you want from him, yeah. He's on, he's on the field a lot. He's pinning his, pinning his ears back, running at the quarterback every single time. I really like him. Now, you've got you've to deal with the fact that he's going to have uh, two-and-a-half tackles, and that's it uh, uh, every other game. But you're going to have some massive ones at him, so you can't really afford to sit him. He's a great flex He's a great sleeper best ball option because you're going to get those spike games and he's dual designation so he can fit into either LB or DL slot. And the beautiful part here, Sam, and tell me how this factors in for you, I see it more dynasty, kind of like PFF grades. These two things go hand in hand for me of the contract. Of course, he signs that big contract after he has the huge blow-up year and there is no out in this contract until after the 2023 season. Okay. So Shaq Barrett's going to be there, right? If I'm looking for stability, I want the guy that is signed with his current team where he's having success long-term. Well, I agree. I agree. Have you guys had uh, Shaq in any in any leagues? I mean, what's your experience with him? It's about, about the same. I mean, he's just kind of a little bit of a headache, but when he when he blows up, he really well, goes. Well, I've had a lot of them in Sleeper. That's been really nice. I was so going to say, he Sleeper, gets, he's a big-time target. He gets the DL tag in there, so, I mean... Yeah, I mean you're, you're running, he gets the DL tag in there. You're running him out as a DL, so that's really nice. I mean he's Gosh, a he's man. a top ten option. Yeah, that's what that's what the kind of elephant in the room with a lot of these guys is. A lot of these folks are designated as LBs. And I mean, yeah, I think love RSO, but at this point, I mean my leagues are mainly sleeper. 
I mean, yep, the dual designation. Ninety percent of my leagues are sleeper now. We do some redraft leagues on ESPN, right? Do you feel like sleeper gets it right? Like, pick, yeah. you know, has the right guys in the right positions. Dual designation really is a nice solution to this. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about the headache of all that stuff. I mean, I don't care if they break down defensive tackle and cornerback. Like, that's like the most boring, two most boring positions. I'm not gonna like cry and whine about it. You know, what's it do to the market for that? You know, it kind of makes you think that. Even the last year or two after dra- after drafting Young, I kind of went really high on uh, drafting Chase Young. And it's kind of got me thinking that, <clears throat> am I chasing after something that's going away, trying to catch lightning in a bottle with these, with these high-end defensive ends? I mean, as I look at this list, as I look at these stats, what I'm seeing is guys that really have somewhere about 35, 40 tackles a year, and you just got to hope that they that they pop off for for 14 15 sacks in a year otherwise you've got uh, a pretty underwhelming player on your hands i mean if miles garrett had 5 sacks as opposed to however many he had last year i'm not sure really that that he's uh i'm not sure i would covet him as much as as much as true. we do and may, and maybe it's not wise Maybe the scarcity is shifting over to another position like linebackers, some of these every-down linebackers, than thinking about DEs. Yeah, I think what happens in sleeper, Addy, is I'm not, I'm not worried if I don't get one of the top three edge rushers. I don't, I'm not worried if I don't get a Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, or Miles Garrett. Yeah, you know. And so I think I told you all in the last episode, did the linebacker heavy build in this last best ball we did? I came away liking that team probably the best of all my builds so far. Yep. You know because. Even taking four straight linebackers, when you have that dual designation, the pool of guys that you can get later on is so much deeper. You I know, agree, you can man. stack these Landry's and Shaq Barrett's and Zadarius Smith and Von Miller and Khalil Max that play as both LB and DL, and that's just a loaded team. Especially in a best ball setup, you're going to get the outcome. You're going to get the ceiling because. Those guys, when they pop off for sacks, are going to zoom up into your starting lineup. I've said it many times that I, I think it's, you know, it's TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa. And then if you don't get one of those three, you just wait. Because just wait. I, because yeah. I, I really think, like, you know, they're all kind of similar. I mean, mm-hmm. from honestly, from like seven to to 30 like yeah. all those guys can like you, you know you can talk yourself into you could make the case for them being in that tier behind those three guys yeah yeah you so, so don't chase any of those yeah guys, honestly you are looking for sacks and so i think when you have the dual designation it broadens that pool to the point where you don't have to invest in that position really early on so you guys would be happier expending those earlier picks on another position, and if you and if you could get two DEs to to fill out your roster that say had thirty five tackles, four to five sacks, maybe two tackles for loss, a forced fumble, you'd you'd be happy with that with, with with a couple of those. It's not even me attacking like another IDP position. I'm I'm going to be attacking offense. Yeah, right. I'm going to let a like if yeah if you want to take all these guys high, have at it. But I'm going to build the offense, and I'll I'll trust my ability to uncover the gems later. Right. There you or go. Or just the fact that I, I, I know I've been doing sleeper so much this summer. I know what guys are labeled. I just have a lot of, you know, we do the damn pot every week. Yeah. You know? So you got your cue. You can put set up your cue in your sleep whenever you pull up a new sleeper startup, right? Yeah. You but know exactly you should... what guys to put in there. But, again, we have all these resources that I use and we use. Those are out there for, for you all, too. So, 
Got to have a good set of ranks when you get in these drafts. Yep. Don't trust the ADP. Regardless of the site, don't trust the ADP. Can we trust Trey Hendrickson, gentlemen? Landed in Cincinnati. A lot of doubt from this very podcast about can Trey do it again? And by God, he did. 34 total tackles, 12 tackles for loss, 14 sacks, three forced fumbles, and 27 QB hits. You're right, Sam. We're getting into the stratosphere now of 20-plus QB hit guys. I went back and looked. The rest of the guys on the list, before we got to Shaq Barrett, were all 10, 15, 7, 5 sorts of QB hits. But now now we're getting into this upper tier. And so Trey Hendrickson falls into the same category. I hope you liked the beer crossing over, like E.T. crossing in front of the moon there. That was beautiful, You can't gentlemen. teach that. You very, can't teach very, that. Did you just throw out your, uh, blow out your uh, oh, no. rotator cuff there, Sam? No, I did not. I'm That's good. good. Trey Hendrickson, though, 68% of snaps, 16 games played, 13.6 points per game, and 13.1 in his last five. So consistent across the whole season, this man – does a few things well, Addy, but what he does the best, at least according to PFF, is rush the passer, 86.9. Trey just might be really good at rushing the passer. And is he going to get you a lot of tackles? No, but if you want those big plays, that's a great target. Yeah, he's a good pass rusher, and he's got a high motor. You know, he's someone that just does, does not give up after the play. Um, he's a good player. I did, mean, it, did it hurt you to have to say that? No, no, I, I like Trey. He's fine. Again, we were we were on Trey. We liked Trey, but then we but then we thought the hype. We thought he wasn't going to live up to the hype. We thought he you was going to regress a little bit going yep. to Cincinnati, signing this big yep. deal, and he didn't. But yeah, make no mistake, I was all over that Saint Trey. Yeah, we were into Saint Trey early. Bengal Trey, not so much. We like Carl. We were we had our feelings hurt because we like Carl. Yeah. But, where's uh, Where's Carl on this list? I'm curious. He's not on the list. Not on the top twenty four. No. But he's, oh, he's probably like in the 30s. Okay. Go pick up the IDP draft kit to see where Carl our, Lawson. our beloved Carl Lawson he, falls. He, he tore his Achilles, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a bummer. I feel, like, I feel like you have to push off and start from still at a, a, a position like this. I feel like an Achilles Hill is almost like your Achilles Hill. It's, it's the Achilles Hill to the defensive end position. It's truly well said. It is. Don't know that I could have said it any better. But uh, Trey Hendrickson, even though he's getting up there a little bit, Addy, I don't, I don't think he's – He's he's not approaching thirty yet, is he? He's, no, he's, he's actually pretty young. He's I think twenty six, twenty seven. Okay, so he's really in his prime right now, and I think correct me if I'm wrong here. It feels like the reason we have maybe the blue collar lunch pail white gym, gym rat uh, ranked at sixteen is because of the big play upside. Trey Hendrickson has demonstrated an ability to get after the passer. Fourteen sacks, twelve tackles for loss, twenty seven QB hits. This guy, if what we're chasing is big play upside with these edge rushers, what pushes him up the list is the ability to make those big plays. Yes. He just has to keep making them, though, because, again, we see that the tackle numbers, he's not very good in run defense, so you're not going to have that tackle floor with him. So, uh, fortunately for him, he was hitting like a sack every single game, it seemed. But uh, the week he does not do that, he's uh, he's going to suck. Yep. It's going to say 40.9 I would expect a worse year. grade. I would expect a worse year for Trey. But, again, that's just because he was He's so, so good. good. He's going to have 20 sacks now. Yeah, probably. Just continue to make us eat it. Sam, Harold Landry lands at 15 on the list. And what you have to love about Harold Landry is just, again, this is a blind spot for me. 
12 sacks, 14 tackles for loss, 22 QB hits, and here's the kicker, 75 total tackles. I love that. For Harold Landry. I love that. Uh, 90% of snaps across 17 games played, 14.1 points per game. Sam, especially in those leagues where you have the dual designation, like sleeper, where you can grab Harold Landry as an LB and a DL, this guy is is a fantastic target for your rosters. Yeah, and I love the tackles. I mean, you know, mathematically I may be kidding myself, but I just I love the idea of being able to get that that eight to ten points a game out of tackles. Uh, plus, you know, maybe they pick up a sack, a tackle for loss, maybe they force a fumble every now and then, now and again. But I'm I'm a big tackle guy. Maybe I was meant for uh, a tackle league rather than a big play league. Although our RSO league is technically a big play league, wouldn't you say? It is indeed. Um, so, but I mean, you know, just like these other guys, look at the QB hits, tackles for loss. I mean, he is behind the line of scrimmage when plays are still going on. So you got to like that. He's still pretty young. I love the tackle grade. He's my kind of guy. That's right. I love it too, Addy, because still young, 26 years old. I think there are several factors here going for Harold Landry that you could make a case one way or the other, especially with the last one, but 26 years old, we like that, right smack dab in the middle of his prime. Just signed the new contract with the Tennessee Titans, so staying there in Nashville, and just a volume monster. Yeah. Right? And so I think you could make the case, well, is is Harold Landry really good? Grades at a 63.3 overall, 79.8 tackle grade, so no surprise the guy's getting 75 total tackles. But is he actually good or is he just out there a ton? 90% of snaps for an edge rusher is an absolutely insane number. But signing the big contract, coming back to stay in Tennessee, I don't see that number changing. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both, right? I mean, Tennessee couldn't really let a guy like that get away. They had to keep him when they, you know. Who else do they have outside of Jeffrey Simmons? Yeah, that just was going to be an awful offseason if they lost a key piece of their defense. Yeah, five-year, $87.5 million contract. So is he worth that? I don't know. That's pretty rich. But um, for IDP, man, yeah. I mean, he's 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 good because, yeah, the 90% snap share, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy for a guy, you know, that does what he does. Volume, tackles, sacks, age, contract. And he's done that. He's continued. You know, I think we – he had he played a thousand and fifty in twenty twenty. He played nine eighty one last year. Not he played nine fifty three in twenty nineteen. So I mean he's done this every single year. It, so. as, as far as the constellation of stuff that we like, Sam, in terms of age, contract, he's produced in the past in the same situation, huge volume, safe tackle floor. Harold Landry, I mean, lights up like few players do. I think he's close to the full package in terms of edge rushers. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see why. Um, I can't wait to talk about some of these other guys, too, because maybe I would put him a little higher, but probably not much higher. I think he's in the right spot. I may be sleeping I, I really on him a little like bit, him. honestly. I just yeah. think those tackle numbers, may, maybe I'm just a sucker for that. This feels like the blind, the kind of blind spot section of the rankings for me because you have, tough. You have Shaq Barrett, you have Trey Hendrickson, you have Harold Landry. Three names that I will admittedly say, not sexy, not like targets. I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to grab Harold Landry in my drafts. <laughs> right. But you look at the production, you're like, wow, I'm really too low on these guys. Yeah. I, I should be more excited to draft these guys because they've been really good, kind of under the radar. 
I was just thinking uh, earlier, I got smiling because you mentioned Jeffrey Simmons, and I remember a real deep cut early episode of the uh, Big Three IDP. Oh, yes. Uh, during the uh, during the draft when Jeffrey Simmons, they were showing that video. Quick hands. And Adam said, <laughs> great hands. Yep, that was, uh, we can't, we, we didn't have the audience back then uh, to cancel us, so. Quick hands. Glad you brought that back, Sam. (laughs) Thank you for that. Just trying his best, folks, to get us off the air. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a mole of some kind, Maddie. We need to investigate after this is over. Hey, Jeffrey Simmons is about to ball. Think so? I think so. All right, we'll see. Especially in D-tackle required leagues. Yum, yum, yum. Thank you very much. Give me all the Jeffrey Simmons. Probably, like, in the conversation for D-tackle 3-4, mm-hmm. probably go Aaron Donald, DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones is definitely in the mix. Jeffrey Simmons is in the mix. If you want to throw Ed Oliver in there, sort of like a breakout candidate, okay. What about Jonathan Allen? You guys like him? Yeah, sure. Is Quentin Williams still he's in the there? He's in the mix. Quentin Williams is Yeah, Quentin yeah, Williams. He's probably top six. Yeah. Top seven. Yeah. Let's talk about up. number 14 here, gentlemen. I've got a couple more, and then we're going to go to break. Marcus Davenport. 39 total tackles, 9 TFLs, 9 sacks, 16 QB hits, played 68% of snaps across 16 games, 15.1 points per game, and 12.52 in his last five games. Sam, we finally saw what we wanted to see out of Marcus Davenport last year, both for NFL and IDP. Now in the last year of his lame duck contract, with the New Orleans Saints, we know he famously had the dad bod going on. Addy was a little worried about the carb face. You have the kid, you pack on the pounds, you throw the back out, your whole body starts to just ache. But playing out the last year, the fifth year of his contract in New Orleans this season, what's your temperature on Marcus Davenport? Are you interested there opposite Cameron Jordan in the Saints edge rusher? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know the pinky thing doesn't bother me. Um, just think, I think he grades really high. Uh, he's he's on he's on the field every game. You know, he's not missing any games due to injury. Um, I like where he's at. How old is he? Is he probably or twenty five? Probably twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, I think he's twenty five, twenty six. And do you think the Cam Jordan's been a good mentor to him? Maybe on the field. Uh, yeah, definitely. I yeah. think so. He's a great guy to learn from. Right? I mean, he's had he's yeah. had a great career. I don't know who was it that told him to cut the pinky off, but uh, <laughs> don't know if he's a good friend or not. JPP. It was JPP. Not great advice. Yeah, exactly. Division, uh, division rival. Exactly. Hey, man, just cut that thing off. You don't. You won't even miss it. Yeah. So Marcus Davenport, Addy, you've always had a little bit of a soft spot for old Carb Face. I love Marcus Davenport now. Carb but, Face. Yeah, Carb Face. So yeah, he he got, we looked at the gram. There was uh, he really like ended the. Uh, a Graham segment we were going to do. Yeah. It was, um, what was it called? Who been working? Yeah. We were just going to look at people, uh, players, Instagrams. Who, who's been putting in the work in the off season. Marcus Davenport out. Who's working out. Who's looking good. 25 years old, by the way, Marcus Davenport was looking bad last year. <laughs> just wasn't looking good. Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy like, but maybe he just takes bad p- photos and stuff. It's a lot of us like that. I, I don't think I take the best photos. Well, we're also not NFL <laughs> players, Adam. You mean he he looked he looked uh, overweight? He looked a little look looked good. a little puffy, you know. He, yeah, looked like just, he was having he some water didn't retention. Look like he was working his ass off. Like he didn't look like like there were pictures of him from his rookie year where he's cut up, looking like in that know. puffy Putin face. Yeah. So he had. So I mean, he had kids and stuff, oh, and I so I was kind of writing him off. But one thing I was I wasn't keeping in mind was the dad strength. I think that's mm-hmm. that has probably more 
to do with anything is that yeah he's he's got an a, when when you become a dad you just have an extra level of strength <laughs> that you can just dig down deep and now as a father now of two does the dad strength like amplify does nope. it go two x nope 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 only that first one you get the dad strength and then you get weaker immediately after that second one pops out it's, you feel it too like they because you almost dropped a baby it's it's <laughs> <laughs> Some great fatherhood advice here. I wanted to say, you may have seen this. This is uh, five or six years old at this point, but Trent Richardson had one of my favorite stories of like God. guys just forgetting that they're professional athletes and their job is to stay in really good shape. So this was one of my favorite stories. The night before he gets a call, Trent Richardson's trying to revive his NFL career. This is it post-Colts? Yeah, this is post-Colts. He's, he's bouncing around the league. He's trying to land a workout. Okay. So he landed a workout, but he didn't know this workout was coming. <laughs> so he, the night before, he ate fried chicken at Popeye's, <laughs> and then that morning ate a heavy breakfast that consisted of pancakes, grits, and a breakfast wrap. <laughs> sound like a Kentucky boy. <laughs> he wow. said, I didn't think I was working out. They were like, you're ready to go work out? I'm like, work out? That was right before the workout, and I got weighed right before that. I was like, oh, my God, and I jumped on the scale, and I was like, oh, my God, I've been doing so good. Because he was at 228, but he weighed in at 238. That sounds like a lie to me. Yeah. That sounds like an excuse, and I think that's a a big reason why Trent's career is over. Yeah, he was making excuses for himself all the time. His agent was like, "Hey, Trent, maybe just keep it, keep it, you know, keep he's it together." Blaming, he's blaming his missed opportunity on this one meal, these yeah. two meals. Okay, Trent, are you really gaining ten pounds from uh, Popeyes and a and a healthy breakfast? When Trent's next stop, uh, Canadian Football League, probably, or like the fan controlled league that To played and CFL or no? Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He played. Um, he played somewhere. Yeah. Wish him all the best. <laughs> we gave up a first-round pick for that guy. Yeah. Man. Different Jesus. times. Marcus Davenport, though. Yeah, I'm curious to see, do you think there's a big payday in his future? Well, I mean, that's the, the key with Marcus Davenport, Marcus Davenport is can he stay healthy? I mean, he pl- only played 10 games this past year, um, and that's been pretty much every year where he's, he's kind of struggled with the health. Um, but when he was out there, he was elite. Um. 15.1 points per game this past year. I mean, that's that's 12.52 in his last five, so it wasn't like – I mean, he was consistent yeah. pretty much all season. Yeah, and he had some really um, – he had some really big performances too. I think he had like maybe over 30 a couple times. He was up in the high 20s at least. Um, but, yeah, I like Marcus Davenport. Yeah, I do think that big payday is, is going to come. I mean, he's going to have to – He's gonna have to perform. I mean, he's got you know the off season hasn't been the best news with the pinky stuff and, and the, the shoulder sur- surgery shoulder stuff, but um, yeah, I think he's fine. All right, I like him. Let's wrap up here with another guy we really like, number thirteen on the list, Rashawn Gary, forty-seven total tackles, eight TFLs, and nine and a half sacks, twenty-eight QB hits. He scored nine eighty-nine point eight overall and a ninety point one pass rush grade according to PFF. Sixty-five percent of snaps across sixteen games, twelve point one points per game, and twelve point eight five in his last five games. This is what we always wanted from Rashawn Gary, and so now I think the question, Sam, becomes: with potentially more opportunities, Darius Smith out the door now in Minnesota. Preston Smith is still there, but it's the Sean Gary show along the defensive line. 
How are you feeling about Gary? Are you expecting this star to keep rising? Does he come down to earth a little bit? Does he stay about the same? What's your outlook in 2022 for Rashawn Gary? I'm really high on him. I mean, I love I love the age. I think uh, you really want to see that snap count rise. But uh, I mean, he's 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 got the grades you want to see in the pass rush. And, and again, I mean, I, I don't you know just seeing this for the first time, seeing the uh, great prep work by the way. Who who, who did it? Aaron at Aaron. Yeah, Aaron takes care of all of our prep. Not Aaron, Adam, Aaron. That's well, right. Big shout out to Aaron. I mean, you did a great job. But see, seeing these. Uh, Stats laid out. This isn't something, you know, the casual guy gets to see a bunch, but just again, 28 QB hits. I mean, in my mind, you guys push back on this. That tells me a guy is almost there yep. up in his face. Yep. You know, like almost got a sack. And um, I just really like to see that. So, I mean, and there are some there are some scoring setups that actually score QB hits. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll really? tell you who um, I'll look that setup and see like where that ranks among other guys. But yeah, that's a high hit number. Well, I just like it. I, I like he's got pretty high tackle uh, total tackle numbers. Yeah, forty seven total tackles. I, I think I'm pretty high on him. Yeah, I think I'm pretty high on him. And just with the age too in the dynasty. By the way, would you say most of your listeners here at uh, Big Three? Uh, in in so far as they play dynasty, it's a it's just a regular dynasty format. Like, like that we're the outliers when we do the the RSO type uh, type I, league. I think most folks are probably your standard dynasty leagues. Yeah, I'd say we do have a decent amount of people that are on MFL. Mm-hmm. Like all of our, I'd say it's probably our, mostly all MFL of our fans that are eighty and up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone drawing a social security is on MFL. Uh, a lot of folks are on sleeper. I know a lot of folks play um, Yahoo leagues. A lot of folks ESPN leagues, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I'd say most of your going way back in the Maybach IDP managers are MFL, MFL folks. Yeah, but yeah, MFL, Sleeper, those are probably our two biggest. That'd be a fun yeah. poll. We should run that as a poll. Like, what is your, like, platform of choice? Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe like, hey, shout out AARP. Maybe you guys want to be <laughs> exactly. sponsors of the show. We need to connect them and MFL. That feels like a natural <laughs> partnership there. Well, here's here's the question, yeah, be careful, Sam. Though, don't know. Just be careful, man. Those yeah, MFL you, guys. You, they they are bloodthirsty bunch, and they will defend <laughs> that ugly, ugly platform till the bitter end. But we mentioned earlier, Rashawn Gary was the one player stacked up against Chase Young that maybe we would take Chase Young. Over Rashawn Gary. Uh, You're staring down those two guys in a startup draft. Who do you push the button on? I think I, I might I, go I, Rashawn I guess, Gary. I, I think I go Gary. Yeah, now looking at this again. Look, I, what was the question? What, Rashawn, now Rashawn now Gary. we're staring down Rashawn Gary versus Chase Young. Mm. Startup. And all, as all, the, the all, Chase all, Young all manager, equal. so a little bit potential, you know, sunk cost fallacy. Gun your head, you got to pick one. Um, you got to take him now. Do I know what I know about Chase Young? Oh yeah. Uh, I think I think you got to go Gary. Um, I mean, I think I think I've seen enough uh, out of Chase Young. I mean, I'm not I'm not. Um, look, I get it. He had a bad year. He tore his ACL. Not good, right? But I'm not as worried about ACLs as I used to be. You know, I mean, people rehab from those, the technology in terms yeah. of the... I mean, I, of, uh, I tore mine walking out to the shed tonight, and I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just get some ice and some ibuprofen and call it a day. Saquon Barkley, fine. Odell Beckham, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Allen Robinson, fine. Sure. I'm just saying that it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Um, 
But I think I think if I could turn Chase Young into somebody that had never suffered a catastrophic injury that was just as young and um of course he's not as young as Chase Young though, is he? Maybe a year older. No, I think he's actually younger. Actually younger. Rashawn Gary. Maybe not. They're probably well, you're right. He's been in the league for three years. Um, well, look it up. I'll give you all the age here. No, you're right. Chase Young's probably. Well, that's the case that we are making with Aiden Hutchinson is that even if Aiden Hutchinson has never done it in the NFL, he's at least not coming off a catastrophic knee injury, right? Exactly right. Yeah. So you know what you know about these guys, and what we know is not a lot for Aiden Hutchinson in terms of his NFL production, but we do know he's not coming off a significant injury. We know the draft capital was exactly the same, both number two overall picks, landing in questionable situations, but where they are clearly the number one guy. Do you think you think the Chase Young owner could ask for some small piece along with Rashawn Gary? Could you get a, a, a cheap yes. pick along with it or something? I think that's a probably good move. Chase Young's about a year younger than Rashawn Gary. And honestly, you could pro- that that was the most lopsided poll, right? Rashawn Gary versus... Yeah, God, what was that one? 80-something percent probably for Chase Young? So you could maybe get like Rashawn Gary plus a second for Chase Young. I really think you could. I would probably... I would I'd probably, do that deal in a heartbeat. Now, of course. I, I would do that. You I wouldn't only pay want to it. do it if it's... if. Rashawn Gary is listed as an edge guy. Correct. Or like in sleeper where he gets the DL tag. Because if he's a linebacker, no. No. You don't want that. If, nope. I, if, I, if I can laterally shift away from a guy like Young into somebody almost as good and get a future piece, I think that I would. And maybe be, I would, yeah, maybe be better. Barry, uh, better in Gary. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. I, def- I think definitely has shown more than, than uh, Chase Young at this point, Rashawn Gary. At least, has. At least recently, of Yeah, course. exactly. The most recent history. Because Rashawn Gary, and that's maybe a case, too, for Chase Young to you preach patience with this guy. Because we finally saw it win. In, this is Rashawn Gary's third year he just had this breakout, right? Right, yeah. Rashawn Gary was the 12th overall pick uh, in 2020 draft, right? But, yeah, I mean, he had an amazing profile, too, Rashawn Gary. I mean, two... Two of uh, he had a forty yard dash and speed score both a hundred hundredth percentile and then burst score was ninety ninth percentile and his geodes score was ninety sixth percentile. Ran yeah, four five eight forty at six four two seventy seven hundredth percentile. That's nuts. Yeah, he was the twenty nineteen twelfth overall pick. So he had nineteen twenty and twenty one. His third season is finally when we saw this breakout. So he is twenty four and a half. I don't know if we ever saw. Yeah, I said he's he's about a year he's about a year older than Chase Young. Okay. But you guys would take Rashawn Gary. Like, I think it's really close, but um, straight up, I know you want to you want to get more, obviously. Yeah, but if I'm value. staring down two of them in a startup, yeah, I'd probably take Rashawn Gary. You just wait. I mean, honestly, the, the move is yeah, just, just wait, wait around yeah. and take Rashawn Gary. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go, folks. The top thirteen. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna have a quick word from our sponsors here. A little about RSO, and uh, when we come back, we will hit the top twelve. Y'all stick around. We'll be back in just a sec.
What's up, everybody? Josh here with the IDP Show. Now, if you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where league members get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about, and the IDP Show is making it happen for listeners. We've partnered up with RSO to offer new members 10% off their annual site fee. Just use promo code IDP Show after your 14-day trial is complete. So, what are you waiting for? With RSO, you have free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Like we said, it's the closest thing you can get to being an NFL general manager. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Just remember to use the promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee. Again, that's promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee for your leagues in 2022. Fantasy just got real with reality sports online. Welcome back to the IDP show. Hopefully you guys are subscribed on YouTube so you can see the shenanigans from these two gentlemen as we're coming back from break. But welcome back. We are now going to be breaking down, gentlemen, the top 12 dynasty edge rushers. I was proud of us. We kept it under an hour and a half for part one of this episode. be a four-parter. Yeah, I was going to say, the temptation, Addy, might be to split this into two episodes, but no, by God. We are going to put out a two-and-a-half-hour episode here on June 28th, and nobody can stop us from doing that. You ain't going to put a single time stamp in no thing. There's got to be an hour's worth of edits in there anyway. Oh, yeah, I could very easily cut an hour out of that, but I'm not going to because people love the fat. They love the – it's like fatty cut brisket, right? Like, that's that's what you want. You ain't going to cut any of that out? Not a, not a bit of it. Sir. We are angling to get canceled. Just all Samuel, y'all. Keep yeah. that in mind. Sweet release of death here before the season starts, <laughs> y'all. That's what we're going for. So good news is, fellas, a lot of these players in the top 12 fall into the category of, yeah, this guy is good. Let's move it along. But let's start with a guy that I am I have some questions about. Addy, Joey Bosa, Los Angeles Chargers, now with Khalil Mack in town. 51 total tackles, 5 TFLs, 10.5 sacks, and 20 QB hits on 77% of snaps across 16 games played, 12.4 points per game, and 11.61. I don't know. Joey Bosa, to me, is just kind of unspectacular superstar. Yeah, he had kind of an average last year, um, right? He wasn't – he didn't have the huge games like we're used to. Like, previously he had, like, you know – 
seemed like he he like once a year he had he'd have like a fifty point game. It seemed like that was always his thing. But yeah, last year it was like between like fifteen and twenty, and that was pretty much it. It was very steady Eddie. But I mean, if you look at if you look at his career pressure rate, fifteen point one percent career pressure rate. I mean, that's second best on. Take a look at where our ranks are. You can um, those are blocked right now. They're where they're hidden. But you can still look at the advanced, the advanced yeah, the advanced tab. So the idpshow.com. Yeah, we have a bunch of just stats on here. So Joey Bosa, the second, um, he's second behind Von Miller as far as pressure rate uh, on this list at fifteen point one. Von Miller's fifteen point seven. Last year he had a good pressure rate as well, fourteen and a half. He just didn't connect on the sacks. But what has changed? Um, now he's got Khalil Mack, so maybe he's got a chance to clean up. Um, some of some of Max pressures and vice versa for Mac, but either way, this is definitely the most talented uh, edge guy opposite of him. And yeah, I, I like Joey Bosa to have a big year. I like Khalil Mack a lot too. I mean, I like both of these guys. Um, I like the Chargers. Jesus, what a what an awesome team! What a fun team! Yeah, dual designation on sleeper for Joey Bosa. Just wanted to read the log. This is big three scoring. 17.7, then 15.15, another stinker, 2.75, but then goes on a nice little tear here. He, he's just going to drop some, he's going to drop some turds in the punch bowl every once in a while. But that's the position. But that is the position. So you have the games of 2.75 in week five, 2.5 in week eight, 1.25 in week 13, and, uh, but then you have weeks of, 17, 17.7, 15.15, 15.95, 16.2, 19.6, 15.5, 19, 16.25, 12.5. It's like you said, right there in that range of 12 to 20 points. And you're expecting more, but you'll take that. Exactly. You know, Sam, I think there's something to be said for the steady Eddie kind of pass rusher that Every pass rusher, by nature of the position, like Eddie said, is going to have the dud game every once in a while. But the big play guys, those are fun. Those can win you weeks. We don't often see the steady guy getting between 12 and 20 points every week. So if you're looking for that type of player, Joey Bosa falls squarely into that category. I agree with that. Here's another thing. By the way, how old is Bosa? He's like 26. He's 26 years old. Yep. 26. 26. All right. 26 is a little younger than I thought. I guess I thought he was a little older, so that surprised me. That's a great great thing. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm happy to see 16 games out of Bosa last year. You guys push back on me here if I'm wrong, but for some reason I've got it in my head that the Bosas are a little bit like, uh, are a little bit like the, the George Kittle on the defense side of the ball. They're so talented, you've got to have them up there. But for some reason, I just think of them as not getting through a full season without playing. But or or, or did they have major injuries well, that, Nick, that kept them out for long? Nick Bosa of time. recently had a, a big one, but then I think Joey Bosa had a foot injury for a little bit there. He did. Yeah, his career games played since he entered the league in 2016: 12, 16, 7, 16, 12, 16. So for sure. Okay. So I mean, only he twice has, has he done uh, has he played a, a full yeah, season. 2019 right? and 2017, he played. Uh, 16 games. Uh, you would think he played all all of the games, but only played 16 of 17 last year. Maybe they set out week 17 or something. Or yeah, 18. and it, as far as his statistical output, I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, he could he could have set. Well, no, that was that, that was the uh, that was the 
Raiders game, the Sunday night football game that came down to the wire. So, oh, yeah. uh, but this was the lowest statistical output uh, for a full season that we've seen from Joey Bosa previously when he had played 16 games, 246.6, 259.1. This year playing 16, or last year playing 16 games, 198.45. And I was going to mention that. I think this, I think this is probably the, the worst year he'll have. Honestly, for a while. I mean, he's entering his prime. Again, he's got a, a superstar across from him. The defense is really good. They've got a defensive-minded head coach that's, that's really freaking good. So, uh, yeah, Joey Bosa, I expect a, a bounce back. So you think there is a better-than-average chance he could go up in terms of where he finishes this season yes. compared to where he is on this list? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. What do you make of the snap count? Is that is did, did you guys expect that to be higher? No. Is, is that is that about where you'd have thought? I, I would think. Was what was he? Yeah, seventy-seven percent across sixteen games. Yeah. So I think most edge rushers north of seventy. You want to see him closer to eighty. That's like a star. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Typically, it's probably more like fifty to mm-hmm. fifty to sixty-five somewhere yeah. in there. Okay. Okay. So any, anything north of 75, it's I feel really good about. Yeah, it's probably a stud if they're playing that much. Yeah. Okay. So Joey Bosa, uh, from one kind of, uh, you know, veteran that we more or less know what we get to another one in a similar situation, also getting an upgrade alongside the defensive line. We mentioned Joey Bosa welcoming in Khalil Mack. That's a nasty duo. I think this next one is just as gross, though. Addie Daniil Hunter at 11, getting Zadarius Smith as his new running mate. 38 total tackles, 6 TFLs, 6 sacks, and 10 QB hits, but only played in 7 games. In those 7 games, 81% of snaps, 16 points per game, and 10.91 in his last 5 games. Now, 2019 was the last time we saw Daniil Hunter play a full regular season. So I think it's fair to say we can't expect a full complement of games from Daniil Hunter, but especially with Zadarius Smith coming in, I, I'm really high. I, I have said previously on other shows and on this show, I think you could make the case for Daniil Hunter as the defensive end edge rusher one by the time this season is finished. Wow. I'm very high on Daniil Hunter Hot in 2022. Take. But yeah, all he has to do is stay healthy. Right, I mean, he was kind of turning that way, um, minus T.J. Watt and Micah Parsons. Yeah, I mean, to start the season, last year before he got hurt, 16.8, 40.65, 7.25, Yeah. And then a a six and a five-point game. Yeah. So just, I think he was probably close to edge one through those first, what, five weeks of the season? Yeah, that's what, what, what he was does. His injury. What, what 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 got him? It was uh, was it was a back? It was a back or, or, neck, or neck injury, maybe. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's been the last two years, right? He's had some type of something. Yep. So uh, that's the that's the I think the big question mark but, with Daniil Hunter is health, but I do like the fact that he is. Younger than you think. He's only oh, yeah. 27. Yep. He gets an upgrade with Zadarius Smith. He is one of the original kind of freak athletes, right? Six foot five, 263 pounds. Yeah, that's got to help the back taking the load off. 
What, just being humongous? Having Zedarius Smith. Oh, having Zedarius Smith, not having to carry Josh, the whole team still on, on your me, back. Josh. Been on me for a good bit. I know the people <laughs> love it. But. Eddie, I got too much to manage. I'm making, uh, I'm looking up Daniil Hunter stats. You're just going to have to be on camera and be pretty for the camera, sure, I think. Sure, sure. So, Daniil Hunter, I wanted to look and see here. Yeah, I mean, the, the measurables off the charts, 94th percent 40-yard dash, 89th percent speed score, 90th percentile burst, 84th percent agility. He's an absolute freak, and I think that I, I, I see Joey Bosa and Daniil Hunter kind of in opposite fashions here, Sam. Joey Bosa is the guy I could see falling out of this kind of D-end edge rusher one conversation. Daniil Hunter is the guy I could see coming to the forefront of it. How do you feel about both of these guys? Do you see them? Are they ranked appropriately? Are they both top 12 guys in your mind? Is one maybe significantly higher? How would you stack these two? <clears throat> well, I think anybody would be happy with a Bozo on their team. But I got to say, you're right. I really, I really thought that Daniel Hunter was maybe a year or two older than this. You know, if I remember right, it wasn't but a couple of years ago that we were talking about Daniel Hunter like we now talk about Miles Garrett. Yes. Yeah, for sure. He was DN1 in IDP land I mean, for a while. Yeah, that was before both of his big injuries. I mean, we could do the same thing. This could be, you know, Miles Garrett gets injured the next two years. Yes. And I, another thing I was going to say about Daniel Hunter, like you're you're injury prone until you're not, right? I don't think he's injury prone. I think he's just he might just be unlucky. You know, Keenan Allen, same stuff was said about him early in his career. And then what, he reels off six, seven straight years. Frank Gore, I forgot this, was labeled injury-prone the first two to three yeah, seasons he, was. he played. he was. In, injury-prone, that's an interesting topic. Derail it for a little while here and talk about it. That I've always thought that injury-prone is something you do. It's not what you are. You know, if you're Darren McFadden and you're running straight up, you know, uh, like you're standing straight up all the time, you're probably going to get hurt a little bit more uh-huh. than, than somebody that runs how you're supposed to. Mike Williams. Darius oh, yeah. Leonard, oh, yeah. Bob Mike, Sanders, yeah. like guys. Yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike Williams, if you, if you jump up uh, 40 inches off the ground and fall straight on your back two or three times a game, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna end up uh, getting hurt. It's like you someone told mean? Mike Williams, hey, you can't land on your feet when you jump really high in the yeah. air. And he's like, all right, I guess so. Just land straight on my back. Yeah, let me just try to land on my head. It's like he's only caught balls at like those, those places that have the pits of foam. You know? Yes, or going off the diving board into the pool, right? <laughs> That's the only yeah. place he learned to play football. So when, so when I watch Daniel Hunter, I don't watch a guy who plays like a flailing weirdo who's going to get uh, hurt. He doesn't do the things that seem injury-prone to me, so I don't think of him as injury-prone. I could, I, could, I could agree with that. I think with the age, um, with uh, sort of his unluckiness on the, on the injury stuff kind of reverting to the mean – I, I could, I could, I could go with that, Josh. Yeah. All right. There we go. We got some Daniil Hunter love. Also, Addy, I just want to say, I think your Vikings are being slept on a little bit. I know that you're sick of this team and sick of Kirk and new coaching staff, though. Some nice mm-hmm. weapons there. I think this defense is better. I like the some of the pieces they've added. Maybe you get a Daniil Hunter healthy season, or maybe he plays 12, 13, 14 games. I don't know. I think they could be a sneaky kind of like. Every year we get the weird division winner that nobody expected. Yeah. The Packers have uh, approximately nobody in their wide receiving core right now. And um, I don't know, man. The Vikes are bringing a lot of folks back. Plus, you get a coaching upgrade potentially. Yeah. I'm kind of in on the Vikings a little bit. Yeah. I mean, in the NFC, I don't think there's a lot of teams that really stand out at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think 
I'm more excited about their team than I've been in a while. There I you agree go. With everything you said. All right. Hot dog. Another guy we agree on because we've talked a lot about him already is Chase Young here ranked at number 10. So we're not going to rehash that if you want to find out what we think about Chase Young. Rewind a little bit. And also we have talked a ton about Chase Young. We've kind of thrown a lot of shade at Chase Young. But, I mean, that's still a pretty high ranking. So, I mean, clearly we're not completely out on him either. Let me me ask this because I thought um, when driving down here, I thought, you know, Maybe the guys, because I remember, maybe it was last year, I remember Josh saying something like, I could see Chase Young being the next Aaron Donald type player, right? I'm putting words in your mouth a little bit. It was something like that. I don't think I'm taking it way too out of context. I think I said he could be the greatest IDP that a lot of us have ever seen. That's right. Something along those lines, like a Mount Rushmore IDP. That's right. Now, we we didn't know then, we know now. Uh, But, um, so I thought maybe that with... The injury with kind of the poor performance we saw last year that maybe you guys were overcorrecting a, a little bit, you know. So I think maybe. So I'm so I'm liking that he's here, and I kind of wanted to ask, what do you guys think about this ranking? And given the topic of conversation on Chase Young the last couple of weeks, the last couple of episodes, uh, why so high? Well, here's another thing that I think is baked into these rankings is value and also perceived value what other people think like i may not value chase young that high but like those all those polls i just ran a whole lot of other people do You're right you know so yeah. if you got 70 percent of the community that thinks this guy thinks this guy's worth like a future first i've got to rank him high as an asset he just is like if you if you select this guy onto your team you have an asset you know even i'm not gonna have him i'm not drafting him but if you look at any trade calculator any of these, any of these, and we got to look a little behind the scenes. All of those factor in ADP. Mm-hmm, they do. Why? Because ADP is the market. That's where these guys are getting drafted. That's what people value those guys at. So I think you have to include, and that's why we also have a trade value column on these ranks. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. we we're we're aware of what people think of these guys and what people value these guys as. So yeah, I'm 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 even if I may not be as high on someone. Uh, he's ranked 10 because I know that is an asset a lot of people want. And a lot of people are still really optimistic about him. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too, Sam, I would say is that I think the reason we've soured a little bit on Chase Young is because of that perceived value. The market has not caught up to the reality, and that's frustrating. If the market was really depressed on Chase Young and everyone was out there selling him for third-round picks – the tenor of this conversation would be much different. Yeah, you can't get him at edge 10. And that's still high, but you can't get him at edge 10 in any drafts. He's going to go like edge 5 or 6. Yeah, that's oh, where really? I've typically we been seeing him. Dude, as, there's yeah. been no discount on this guy. Interesting. Yeah. So you can't really buy him, and you can't really sell him, in my opinion. I mean, I, if someone's willing to give you a first, you can, yeah, I'd sell him. But again, I don't think that's a big market out there. I don't think, I, I don't think anybody. I think uh, everyone's scared to death. I think everybody's scared to death. Too. Everyone's yeah. scared to death, and and uh, all that optimism talk is those is Chase Young holders. I think the smart money would not be willing to pay as high as a first. They might be willing to give something like a second yeah. or a third and something else. And I think that when you're asking for, I mean, I'm thinking about him in terms of his intrinsic value. I think his intrinsic value is somewhere around a high second, right? If I had to make, if, if I had to think of one piece for one piece. Um, I think I think you could have drafted him for a late first or whenever when you got him. I think I reached a little bit. I took him at the one hundred and six. Um, but 
I think I think you could maybe get a second for him, and I just don't think I'm willing to do it. So I don't think you can sell him or buy him. I think he's in this purgatory right, right now. If you've got him, you hold him. If you don't have him, got to hold him. You 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 might. If you don't have him, maybe you try to get him. But it doesn't sound like you're not going to be, be able to sell him. You're not going to be wanting to pay that sticker price. Yeah, I was going to say Adam's right. The some of the best balls we've done here. Uh, best ball number one, which was a lot of IDP sharps. He went as DL number seven. Wow. Crazy edge rusher number is, six. And this is a twenty twenty two outlook. Like this dude is probably not going to start the year. He's starting for the last news. I retweeted this. Oh, this is a redraft you're talking about. This is a best ball. Yeah, this is best which ball twenty twenty two driven. Yeah, it's a redraft. Now that redraft. happened before, but there was also not a lot of positive injury news Doesn't even matter. before this kind of pup news started coming out. It wasn't necessarily trending in a positive direction. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I've said it a lot of times lately, but the guy played nine games, and eight of those games were under 10 points. His best game of the year was like 14 points, eight and a half uh, career pressure rate. I think he was like in the sevens last year. Not a lot of good stuff for Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, we love the age the opportunity we like we think the draft that he's capital a, we think that he's an athletic freak we don't have we didn't test so we don't really know so i just was pulling up some of these other ones here in idp best ball two he went as the dl4 he went as the dl number six in <laughs> idp best ball three and so that also includes aaron donald in there mm-hmm. yep so he's the edge five when you take out aaron donald mm-hmm. and if you take him out in number two uh yeah he's the edge four no, I'm sorry. He's the edge three. It went Aaron Donald at one, Garrett, Bosa, Chase Young. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's no people or people like this guy. So, I think you need to factor that stuff in yeah, anytime you do a set of rankings just because, I mean, it's important if you can sell someone for that. Again, there's not a lot of IDPs that are that valuable, right? You know, if we look at what's the like, the guys that are ranked like 20 to 24, like those guys are like, what, maybe worth a second? Maybe. Maybe you can get a second. So, I mean, again, there's not a lot of value out there. So, Chase Young is one of those rare pieces. I mean, everything, the, you know, everything seems like it should be good, but it just hasn't been so far. But people are still willing to give him some time. And, again, we, we preach that stuff too. I mean, he, he can very well turn around, but – yeah, I'm not. We're not out. We're not totally out on Chase. I'm Young, out on that ADP, but we're out at cost. We yes. don't hate players. We hate ADPs, and right now his is totally out of control for what we've seen so far and what we're projecting for 2022, which is looking like he's going to start the season on the pup. Then how long does it take him to get back in the swing of the game? And is half the season over before this guy actually hits the field in a full capacity? He hasn't officially entered the pup for off season. No, he though, has, has not. He, he has not. That'll happen closer to the season, and they did knock the pup down to four games from six if, to four. If he enters the regular season on the pup, yeah. If he goes, if he starts the year on the pup, he'll miss the first four games. And if he enters, if he goes into the off season program on the pup, he can come back anytime between now and mm-hmm. the regular season. That's right. Yeah. So, but that's okay. the rumor is that he's going to start the regular season on the pup. So something to be aware of if you're out there in these drafts. The next guy on the list, though, Kayvon, not worth the risk. No, not 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 worth the risk, in my opinion. It's, it's almost like his value has risen. Or I, it, I mean, it's like, or 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 at least his value has uh, stayed in the spot that you would think it would be at if he put up two stud seasons. Yeah, he hasn't lost. It. Yeah, no one's like no one's looked into how he did last year. Like even though we got nine games, I know he towards like 
you know, he, his season ended early, but we got nine games of him stinking it up. And it's like, oh, oh well, he's fine. He'll be fine. Same coaching staff is still there. But still, now a bum. But like, I think, you know, I think what your polls showed were that people who own Chase uh, want to hold. And, and, uh, and <laughs> unless it's a pick, and then they want to get out of the position altogether. You know, like, yeah. like if it's between if it's between Young and whoever the next available is, the sort of the Josh Allen's or whoever they don't want that Brian Burns. They're they're just they're just they just as soon go ahead and keep uh, Chase. But if you're going to give them an out in the form of a pick, yeah, they they almost they, the the it almost inverse uh, shit. It's like an upside like, play, I think. Right? It is. Like the picks are higher upside. The players are like, well, whatever. The mystery yeah. box, the appeal of the unknown. Because yeah. if you think about it, the appeal of Chase Young compared to these other players, which are in some cases, inarguably better players than he is, is that what if you get the upside? What if he has this massive untapped upside that makes him the number one edge rusher in the NFL? The only thing higher on the untapped upside on this scale is the mystery box of the first-round pick, right? right? What if there's another super freak Chase Young guy out there that I can get in the first next year? So I think... What we're really coast, what he's coasting on right now, is this sort of unknown, mysterious upside that he might capture, or just the fact that it's it's a it can be an offensive player, an offensive rookie. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. Sort of a broad last thought here on my part with with Chase Young is that um, so much of the strategy I have uh, way up in the ether here is thinking about not what I know. But trying to figure out the limits of what I what I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Chase Young is a highly volatile asset. Obviously, um, it's hard to tell what his intrinsic value is. I've got a feeling on that, but look, I'm not smart enough to really know. And it seems like I think we're going to see a lot of undulation in uh, in the market value for him. I'm not really smart enough to uh, to navigate all that. If somebody's willing to give me a super high pick, I'd probably take it. But if somebody's going to give me something right on the line, um, Probably just going to hold and, yeah. uh, and see what happens. Especially if you've been invested up to this point, right? Because that's, a, I think, a logical of course you don't, fallacy Of course, you don't well. want to fall into that. that that's a fallacy. Exactly, that, that, right? That's you don't want to do. Like, the, the, I don't want to sell short of this glory that I've been holding this guy for, right? Like, I think that's what allows people to hold on longer than they should. The sunk cost fallacy of, like, well, I've held him this long. Like, what if I sell him and then he becomes, like, a top five guy, right? That's right. So I think there is, like, you know, what's what the upside of a second? Honestly, you know, that's not enough. Justin Jefferson, but 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 the percentage of catching that lightning in a bottle is so small. Justin Jefferson in the second? Did, was, did, didn't a, Bobby get him in the second? He was first. He was yeah, like he was six. Seven. Yeah, he was like a late first, um, maybe later than that. But there's Bobby been there, 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 but there are there are some examples. Of it, that the hit sure. rate on the second rounders is just so so slim, though. Yeah, but hell, some of those first round picks are. It works out. Not sure things, anyways. But again, I think it's a yeah, it's like an Chase upside Young. play. Yeah. yeah, like Chase Young. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I the, the, I was transitioning here, number nine, Kayvon Thibodeau of the New York Giants. The reason I have a lot of hesitation about giving up a first round pick for Chase Young is that we saw, at least in our rookie draft, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau go into the first, top of the second. I think they both were gone before the first round ended. And so I have a hard time, and you see this here. We're going to talk about Thibodeau uh, right now, and we've got Aiden Hutchinson coming up. 
Both these guys ranked ahead of Chase Young. So when we're talking about, hey, give me a first-round pick, I'll give you Chase Young, I have a hard time with that because I feel like in a draft class that a lot of folks are excited about for 2023, I don't know that I want to be cashing out that chip right now, Sam. I think I'd rather hold on to the pick knowing that even, like Adam said, could be a stud offensive player. Sounds like the offensive talent in next year's draft is supposed to be better than this year's. Even if it's not, there's going to be someone like a Thibodeau or a Hutchinson here Mm -hmm. who comes in and is immediately a more attractive dynasty asset than Chase Young is. Yeah, um, I agree. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is, um, he's probably, in my opinion, a a reasonable late-round first pick. I think you'd be pleased to have him in the second. But, uh, But I think I wouldn't fault somebody for taking him, even over Hutch. Um, I took Hutchinson uh, in the late first round of our RSO league simply because, um, you know, going back to that sort of circle of my own competency, I kind of saw Hutch as, um, let me just try to hit the board and not hit the bullseye here. Let me try to get a guy that I feel is safer. Because I do feel like Thibodeau is the kind of guy that, um, I mean, if he really if he really puts in the work and the game slows down for him, I think that he's got a lot higher upside than uh, than, than Hutchinson, um, but I just saw Hutchinson as a safer play. But I I do like Thibodeau. I I, I really thought hard about uh, about him over Hutch in my rankings. By the way, who is a uh, linebacker designation in RSO right now? What do you guys think? I mean, he, where, where who, should Kavon? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. They That's switched him. They switched him. But did you draft him as oh, an LB? Oh, excuse me. There, there's, there, there. Uh, I got it wrong. It's that he's a DE now, but there was a rumor that okay. he might go to linebacker. Well, yeah. Well, where where that, does that come from? Why, why are people saying that? Well, because he's. Uh, that's the defense they've always ran there, right? They've always ran a. They've always run a, a three-four. Where like, um, so who was it last year? Like um, Lorenzo Carter, right? He's a. He's really an edge guy. Yep, linebacker. But, but he played. But they have him listed as a linebacker. He's an OLB. Well, they have Aziz Ojolari as an LB. There you go. Same thing. Same so, principle. He's I think it's guy. the type of defense. That's why all that stuff is so annoying. Sleeper, you don't have to deal with any of that shit. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, in RSO, we're not we're going to be able to fix and, it here soon. No, no, MFL as well. I know people are get your pants out of a wad, everyone. But yeah. MFL put your readers edit. on, and uh, you can change it over there on MFL. Yeah. <laughs> We're really going in on the ageism against MFL, and I'm I'm kind of here for it. I wanted to pull up. We're losing listeners by the second. I do and remember. I do remember about a year ago that uh, that Thibodeau, at least in my small bubble, uh, people were talking about him as the IDP one. Um, oh yeah, and, and it was and it wasn't particularly close. I wasn't hearing about uh, Aiden Hutchinson or anybody. It was, it was Kayvon. It yeah. came on Thibodeau because Hutch had that end of the year game against Ohio State. I think where he had like what five or six sacks, something like that. Yeah, he went nuts. And I that will put him say, on the radar for everyone. Really. You took Hutchinson at the one ten. Charlie took Kayvon Thibodeau at the one eleven. So okay. both those guys okay. went off the board at the end of the first. Okay. So, yeah, I mean it was a tough call, and and, and really um, taking one of those guys this year was me trying to make up for what I'm losing in a declining. Seemingly declining Chase Young. I was going to say, was this a little bit of a hedge against where Chase Young has fallen to in your eyes? It yeah, was. What's your it, room look like? You got Chase Young, Aiden Hutchinson. Who else was in there? I got Carl Loftus, and I got this uh, DeMarvin Leal late. Um, I got him in the auction. Anyway, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really starting to turn a corner on maybe the thing to do is to just have solid 
um, depth. You know, if you can have, if you can wait and get uh, guys like the Russos, stuff like that, old Greg, as we uh, affectionately call him. Oh, Greg, that's right. Um, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the thing to do. I mean, I really think I really think over the long haul, it's going to be those middle linebackers that play ninety percent of the snaps are going to be the real, uh, the 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 real scarce thing. Maybe I've just made a mistake uh, uh, valuing DEs like I have. I mean, I no, I think that's the right thought. I mean, the the three down linebackers. Becoming less and less of a thing. We want the consistency of tackles week to week. Um, so yeah, I was asking Macri a couple uh, weeks ago uh, about um, when you guys were talking about linebackers a few weeks ago. We're talking about how uh, apparently Case, uh, Kansas City is the place where good linebackers go to die these days, just because the way the way they do their rotation and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's bad for fantasy, but that's. That may be good for a football team, for all I know. I don't, I don't yeah. know, you know. And uh, why not have a you know? Why not depth position? Yeah, and is that a is that uh, well? Fad's the wrong word because I don't want to make I don't want to make it sound like it's short lived or, or or not legitimate. But like, is that a trend that's going on? Not just is that is that going to spread to other teams? Because the Seahawks do a lot of that uh, do a lot of that stuff too on on their D don't don't they kind of rotate their their D line? Yeah. And are we going to see? Is that a growing trend across? Uh, the defensive side of the ball. Well, I know that and if there's. So, what will that mean for yeah. these various positions like D? The sub package has become kind of the standard now. I mean, they were talking. John and Tom were talking about this with regard to the way all twenty two does their sort of uh, setups. Now you have like a four three, a three four, and like a nickel. I think are the formations you can pick from when setting your starting lineup. And Tom was making the case that like the four three or the three four, this kind of base defense is like twenty percent of the snaps. Yeah. The rest of it's sub packages. Yeah. So I think it's it's up to the team. I don't think linebacker we're seeing this situation where those guys are rotated as much as defensive line. Uh but man, it makes it to where I'm afraid IDP is going to be devalued a little bit because you're going to have so few players that are reliable week in and week out to get you 60% of snaps, you know, that you're just better off playing the waiver wire and just grabbing the hot new guy week to week rather than relying on some reliable veteran. I don't know. Maybe the pendulum will swing back and we'll see more three-down linebackers. I think it's a continuous sort of evolution of how defensive coordinators... Maybe de- safety's become more valuable. Yeah, maybe. I think... We'll say this, too. I, I know that uh, I know that at least on the waiver wire, it's a lot less scarce with uh, the linebacker thing. I mean, you, you could you could be needing to go to the waiver wire with the uh, linebacker last year and go, oh, there's Alex Anzalone sitting there playing 90% yeah. of the snaps. He oh, sucks, but he's on the field every play. Yep. And, and and you trot him out there. Whereas, uh, ooh, uh, 35-year-old Mario Addison. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, you know, what's, yeah, let me blow the dust off this guy. Oh, let's see, yeah. Zach Allen, Arizona. This guy's been okay for a few games. Yeah, Shelby Harris, awesome. Yeah, that you're kind of really thing. bummed out looking at the defensive end waivers. But LB, you're like, ah, yeah, this guy might suck, but he's playing close to 100% of the snaps. Yeah. So so maybe that's, maybe, that's, uh, maybe that's a check on my sort of crazy thinking there for a second that just, just the value over the next available um, – I don't know. I'm I'm going through a crisis with with thinking about DEs because you know you look at these stats and it's like, 
gosh, a guy's got to really throw up a, a sick year with with uh, with stats, or else he's just a guy with thirty tackles. And um, mm-hmm. is that is that who I want to be uh, spending huge picks on? and giving away big pieces to acquire in trades for. I don't think there's a lot of those guys you want to do that for. Again, I think there's like maybe four or five that you feel really solid about. you right. got to hit on these guys in like rookie drafts, I feel like, because the price tag on these reliable, safe, defensive end edge options, boy, it's it's a hefty price to pay because they are so scarce. You know? But let's talk about a guy who... Broke through in a big way last season, finishing as I wanted to pull this up because it was it always surprises me here how this guy finished. Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars finished the season as the D end four in our RSO league. So we finally saw the season we had been waiting for from Josh Allen. 71 total tackles. I think that's Right there, the reason we saw the season we did. But you tack on 12 TFLs, 7.5 sacks, and 14 QB hits, 73% of snaps across 16 games, 13.4 points per game. Josh Allen broke out, Addy. So I have to ask now, in your startups, you paying the Josh Allen sticker price or are you going to get grab Trayvon Walker later if you want a piece of this Jacksonville edge rushing duo? You know, um, I think I'm going to pay for Josh Allen. I think so, too, because he is still someone that kind of slips under the radar a little bit. Yes, he does. He's not not going as DL agent sleeper. He's probably going more like DL 15, Mm -hmm. 20. And, again, every time he comes off the board, people are like, oh, man, I forgot about him. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Josh Allen could really take that next step, too. We make the upside case for Trayvon Walker with better coaching, better defensive personnel. All that applies to Allen. Too. That applies to Allen, I think, two or three times more, Sam, because mm-hmm. this is a guy who's been in the situation already. He's been with this team. He finally broke through. Um, you can make a lot of upside cases for these guys inside the top eight to finish as the edge rusher one for 2022. Josh Allen, yeah, Josh Allen is very high on that list. I mean, finishing as the DN4 last year, he doesn't have that much further to go to crack that number one spot. I notice he has a really high coverage rate at 81.8. He creates a lot of tackles. Does he drop back in coverage a lot? Yeah. It's, it, 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 if, if he, however much he's doing it, he's doing a very good job of it. Yeah, probably not a lot. But, but yeah, he does have a, from what he does do, he's, he's done fine at it. But, yeah, I'd say that's not a lot of – Probably not a lot of his usage is him dropping back and covering anybody, really. They're going to let him just get after the quarterback. I think it's a pretty cool metric that about 15% of his tackles were for a loss, and he had a lot of tackles. That he did. I I, I really like him. I think um, I think the Jaguars defensively are building something pretty, pretty stout. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't go out there and screw it up, um, Which is Jacksonville. They, That's yeah. possible. There may just be a curse placed on this franchise, but they've made a lot of moves, I think, in the right direction. And uh, I love that Josh Allen has become one of the building blocks in Jacksonville. How old is he? I don't see his age here. You know? Still I would say, guy, right? yeah, Josh Allen probably 24, 25. Josh Allen, he had one of the highest tackle rates among all edge guys. 
Um, That's third, pretty special. Third, yeah. third on this list. I mean, it was it was, it was Daniel Hunter, uh, Greg Rousseau, and then Josh Allen. But again, Josh Allen was a guy that had the most tackles of all those 71. There you go. He's 24, about to turn 25 here in like uh, 15 days. Wow. So yeah. smack dab in the middle of his prime. Yeah. Love to see it. God, he's I, for, I just don't realize how big some of these edge rushers are. I mean, Josh Allen's six foot five. That's a big boy. So huge. I, I guess him and the other Josh Allen are about the same height, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Had a nice little moment on Twitter last season when the Josh Allens finally got to meet each other. Yeah, I wanted to see here who was his most comparable player. Derek Barnett. Interesting. Yeah, they have him down six foot five, two hundred and sixty-two pounds. So there you go, Josh Allen. I like I like this guy a lot. I will say, I, I think I I'm with you, Addy. I think I like this guy next on the list here at number seven even more. Jalen Phillips. For the Miami Dolphins, 42 total tackles, nine TFLs, eight and a half sacks, and 16 QB hits on only 54% of the snaps. 9.3 points per game. Didn't grade that well across the board. But man, in terms of edge rushers that I'm looking at in a dynasty league, yeah, I think Jalen Phillips might even be top five for me. He is so sexy. Yeah, I, uh, I just took him. And in that startup I mentioned earlier, uh, it's a 14-team league, but I got him in the 11th round. Wow, 11th round. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do you know, like, yeah, roughly maybe, like, where he was coming off the board in terms of, like, DL? Was he maybe, like... Uh, I can get it I can get it counted up for you real quick. Let's do some bam. That's what I'll say to that. <laughs> so, is that on the drop thing? That's on there? the drop thing, yeah. Do you think Addy was just sneaking that in like a ventriloquist? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll Photoshop that in there. So, well, I thought you might play the fart sound for his PFF grade. Yeah, as far as we can. Yeah, right. it, was, it was not great. He's a young, he's a young lad. He's a young, he's a young and guy. And also, keep in mind, Macri posted this, and I thought this was really interesting. I can't find the tweet, but like uh, 53. 3.7, that looks really stinky, but, like, the average, like, yes. average is, like, around 55 for okay. edge guys, something like that. Okay. It's in it, it's it's a lot lower than what you'd think, so it's like, you know, he's not far He's right around average, average yeah. And he's, a, and he's a rookie. Yep. And they were being weird with the way they were using him, and, play, like, he, you know. Talk about rational coaching. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, rightfully so, um, the former coach there in Miami – um, blanking on his name right now, now with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but he was a good defensive coach. But be curious to see how Mike McDaniel, new coach coming in from San Francisco, uses a talent like Jalen Phillips. Um, you know, coming from San Francisco, Nick Bosa, I think that 54%, Sam, is a number that I expect to ratchet up much closer to. 65, 70% of snaps this year. And if that happens, we could be looking at a edge six, edge seven type of finish. I'm really high on Jalen Phillips, Sam. I'm sorry. This guy's got swag for days, and uh, I liked what I saw in flashes. It was only flashes last year, but what we saw was pretty nice. It's DL11. DL11. Okay, that's about what I was thinking. He went uh, right after um, Josh Allen. Aiden Hutchinson, Daniel Hunter, um, and let's see who else. Uh, Max Crosby, Brian Burns. So, yeah, 
usual suspects. But again, Jalen Jalen Phillips is that guy that um, we might be talking about him as like a you know right after Nick Bosa this time next year. I was just going to pull up the log here. So I mentioned we saw it in flashes. So you had the stinky games, two, two and a quarter, 1.5, two, four, six, seven. But you also had games of 10.95, 14 and a half, 16.45, his big blow up in week 12 against Carolina, 43.3, followed that up with 25.75. Oh, boy. So, yes, a lot of his points came in those two games. But, again, if I'm chasing upside potential, big play potential, this is a guy at the top of the list, especially since he did this on 54% of snaps across 17 games. So the dude was healthy, just wasn't getting the playing time at it. Yeah, the usage is weird. Uh, Player profiler, he's comp to Daniel Hunter, 6'6", 260, ran a 4'6", 340. Uh, Just solid. I mean, everything is like 83% and above. Um, as far as his, you know, speed, burst, and agility score finishes. So, yeah, Every, all the offseason news has been great. I mean, they're saying that the guy looks, all the beat reporters saying this guy looks like the best player on the field. Um, yeah, we're just expecting a, a year two leap. Yeah, there's very few guys I'm excited more for like a breakout, bust onto the scene type of season than Jalen Phillips in Miami. There's all- no doubt he's my favorite um, 2021 edge rusher. Yes. Hundred percent, not even close. Yep, but guys, I'm also excited about for 2022. Sam, you drafted him at the 110 in our RSO league. Aiden Hutchinson. You said, and I. This is how I view Hutchinson. And I feel like the consensus is kind of around this same sentiment that I just wanted to hit a double. Yeah, right. Wasn't trying to swing for the home run with a Thibodeau or a Trayvon Walker, but I wanted to get it in play and get on base. And I think Hutchinson is that. But it's interesting here to see him ranked at number six, given what you said earlier about Kayvon Thibodeau. Do you like Adam's ranking here of number six for Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah, I mean, look at this total tackles to tackle for loss ratio. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's got a lot of sacks too. Now, one one thing that kind of scares me about, well, I don't know if I want to say it scares me, but... um, Friend of mine, not an IDP guy, but a pretty sensible fantasy player uh, on the offensive side, who also happens to watch a lot of college football. Whereas I don't watch nearly as much. He thought Aiden Hutchinson. He told me he said he said I like him fine, but I don't feel. He said I feel like he's going to get outmatched in the pros, and that and that was what he told me. And he's like, I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying he's bad or whatever. He just says I don't think he's got. The step he needs, I think he's just going to get kind of bullied a little bit at the pro level, and um, I wasn't really sure how to how to think about that. What do you guys think, and and do you agree, or 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 is that what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think that everything that um, I've seen from people we respect, like he wasn't like on like a Bosa no level or anything. The Bosa like comps were unfair because yeah. he was not Joey Bosa, he was not Nick Bosa. But he was like, uh, if those guys are A-list, he was B-list. And I'm fine with that. I'm not expecting, you know, this guy to be the next Nick Bosa. But also a lot of people don't know either, you know. Like, J.J. Watt, no one expected him to be J.J. Watt. Like, I yeah. mean, he was, and he also, I think his draft capital kind of reflects that too. Like, a lot of, I mean, NFL actually missed on him too. They did. When was he drafted? Wasn't he, like, late first maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, I mean, 
he didn't start out that strong, but, I mean, we know what he turned into. That could very well be the same situation for Aiden Hutchinson because, I mean, again, he does have the uh, he does have the work ethic, so you like that. JJ Watt was the eleventh pick, okay, of the twenty eleven draft. So, yeah, now, I, think, I think I think the bet here is that he's got this work ethic. I've, I've read reports about how his teammates kind of say he's a serious dude. Yes, right? I saw that as well. And um, I think I think the play on him is that he's well rounded, pro ready. Um, He's and, just solid, and he's solid. The and bus he's gonna, potential and he's get is very small. Yeah, also, he's going to improve year to year. Another good profile. I mean, everything's fine. And here's the thing, too. I think the upside, the the case I would make, the comp that I would have for him is the exact same one they have here at Player Profiler. It's Max Crosby. I look at this guy and I see a situation where more highly drafted than Aiden Hutchins or Aiden Hutchinson was more highly drafted than Max Crosby. But I look at him and I think, okay, Max Crosby is not Nick Bosa, but he is that solid kind of second tier of pass rushers, and that's where I think Aiden Hutchinson's ceiling is. Yeah. I think, Addy, maybe let, take me inside that beautiful brain of yours, but Aiden Hutchinson ranked above Kayvon Thibodeau is a little bit factoring in bus potential. Yes. And I see a 0% bus potential with Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. There is no world in which this guy is not somewhat usable for your IDP rosters. Yep, same thing. I mean, it's not like Kayvon's, you know, ranked way down there. He's nine. But, again, the what the difference between him and Aiden is just I feel like Aiden is just a safer play. I know what I'm going to get out of him. That's right. Kayvon, maybe the upside is there, but he could also, he'd also not be good or get to some trouble or whatever. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I mean. Everyone knows this. Aiden, uh, Aiden's floor is higher than his ceiling is lower, if that makes any sense, like, yeah. that, compared to Thibodeau. You know what yeah, I mean? like, the, his, the room his, his is much lower. smaller for Aiden Hutchinson than it is for Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon's into crypto, yeah. <laughs> things that aren't real. His brand. Yeah. He talks about personal brand and stuff. One of these annoying Gen Zs that are all about their brand. Yeah. Get out of here! He's got that. the uh, LED lights in the bedroom. Does he? <laughs> what a what a weirdo! Did you make that up? I'm just guessing. That, that, don't all the You're don't they guessing. all don't they all? That's all the that's what like all they all do now. They all have the little lights in the. It's so they can be on Zoom meetings or podcast interviews or create their content and have an interesting yeah. background. It looks freaking sick. Have you noticed every athlete has a podcast today? Yeah, yeah, it's going. It's true. That. I don't know. It's like, can you not just let us have something? Yeah, guys? stop it. Like, stop having all your famous friends on. Like, just let us have this. They don't ask for much. They always want to, you know, say that no one knows the game better than players. So I guess they're just trying to prove that. I heard. I heard a bad. I heard an ad today for uh, the cut with Jay Cutler. I was oh, thinking, wow. who gives a crap about Jay Cutler? Oh my god! I know. Really? Do you guys remember the website Smoking Jay Cutler? I remember the cigarettes. meme. Yeah, Smoking Jay Cutler. Yeah. Just a bunch of smoke. Yeah, great. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's late, folks. It's very late. But we got to keep rolling here. Number five, Triple X, Max Crosby. Is was it intentional to put these guys here next to each other, Addy? Pressure King. Both those guys very pale. Yes. You notice that? Those are my kings. Bring them to me. Yeah. We're gonna go to the pool together and I've got the (laughs) SPF one hundred in the car. They're both, yeah, kind of weird looking guys. Yep. Very pale. Um but, yeah, pressure king. What can you say? I mean, Max Crosby, pressure king, didn't convert a lot of those pressures into sacks, but we know how that usually turns around. 
Still had eight sacks, by the way. Still had eight sacks. Did them all on like, 30 QB hits, 13 TFLs. So it was productive. Uh, what were the tackles like for Max? He had 56 total tackles. Those are fine. He graded really well. 91.7 overall, 91.9 pass rush grade, 80% of snaps. Truly the PFF darling. But um, Going to be great in all 22. Yes. Use promo code IDP show for 40% off. Wow. Unreal discount mm-hmm. code. We love Max Crosby. I mean, he's he's gonna have he's gonna probably have his best year with Chandler Jones in there now helping him out. That's gonna be that that's that may be my favorite tandem. As I say, there's some really nice tandems. There now. are some nice tandems. You got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. That's really nice too. You've got uh, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. You've got Max Crosby and Ch- uh, Chandler Jones. Those. Uh, uh, Chandler Jones and Crosby. You got Von Miller and Old Greg. Yeah, I like I like the I like the um, Chandler Jones one. And I the, think that's the, the best one. That's really nice. Those are good. Yeah, good, good combos. You know, Max Crosby just. Uh, I feel like he just passed me by. I, I I I didn't even take a swing at him ever. I didn't even take a swing and whiff. I just never tried to get him. Uh, yeah, just huge huge mistake. And am, am I thinking right that uh, he kind of. He, it's, it's, it seemed like he came into a, uh, into the uh, world with uh, having some success kind of out of nowhere. It seems like his best year well, when he started being good was right when like everybody kind of thought maybe Cleveland Farrell was going to be the guy. Was, was well, that, yeah, was that, was, was, that was that was that was the thing. Farrell was like a 104 for them, and then Max Crosby was like a third round pick. Like this was a dude like that was undrafted basically in every rookie draft. Broke his hand too in training camp. I remember yeah. him famously having the cast on his hand and playing, um, playing in practice with the big cast on his hand. But he came on his rookie year. He yeah. had a good rookie year. He had 218.2 points, and everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's awesome!" And then 163. So you he had the second year dip. You know, losing about what fifty points there off his total, but then popped back up in twenty twenty one for as disappointing as we want to say he was. Now he had one more game, two hundred and thirty one point five points, his best year ever so far. Yeah, and that was coming off a season in which he had his a big letdown in year two. Yeah, and now maybe that speaks to just how you know unsexy the rest of the edge guys are that you're not getting. Uh, I don't know that he just doesn't really stand out, but I like Max Crosby. He's he's gonna. I mean, what do y'all think? I think that he, if I was stacking in the guys that I think have the best odds to finish as like the edge number one overall, boy, I think Max Crosby would be probably, I would say, third or fourth on that list. I really do. Because especially the Chandler Jones element, I think, is going to bring so much to the table that we haven't seen yet. As good as Yannick Ngakwe was, and we love what he brought to the table last year and what he's going to bring to Indy, Chandler Jones yeah. is such a massive upgrade. And also not just Chandler Jones, though, too. It's just the amount of juice in that team now with Devontae Adams there. and like McDaniel's there. I mean, you've got truly... Uh, a coaching upgrade there as well. You've got some some new personnel coming in. Um, second year for some of these linebackers. Uh, yeah, I I think that 
what we saw, assuming health, should continue to, you know, progress positively towards maybe an even higher finish in uh, 2022. And remember, he was like, um, he's sober now, too. This was that's right, like his first year, I think, sober. So mm-hmm. he's, he's, and I think he got married or engaged or something. Yep, got a big contract extension. So he seems to, you know, life's in a good spot for him. Hopefully he continues to uh, just build on all that recent success. Is Cleveland just done? Yeah, he sucks. Bust. Yeah. He'll be he'll be gone. They definitely didn't pick up his option. Um someone will take a shot on him, maybe because of the draft capital. Yeah, the uh the new brain trust in Las Vegas came in. Josh McDaniels uh came in and said, along with the new GM um from New England there, they kind of came as like a package deal. They looked at all three first round picks that Mike Mayock and John Gruden had their first year and went no, no, no. They declined all of the fifth-year options for Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram. There's guys who are not falling prey to the uh, sunk cost fallacy. Like, nah, we're good. We've seen enough from these guys. They're gone. Yeah, smart. So, uh, And you wonder why when they talk about, hey, coaching changes, you need to pay attention because the new regime is not loyal to the old regime's players. It's a perfect illustration of what they mean because – instability changes in scenery not great necessarily for fantasy football value so you have to pay attention to that these coaches they want to get their own guys in there that's very much a cliche but great illustration of it here these guys aren't aren't owed anything by this new regime yeah so we'll see them play out the string and see if these guys can land some new jobs but addy i see this next guy here number four brian burns of the Carolina Panthers and Josh Allen very similarly in that they both have kind of had this slow burn development to their career and really exploded here in 2021. And I expect big things from both of them on what should be ascending, but ultimately probably mediocre defenses. I I see these two guys very much the same. Yeah, I think so too. I was I was just thinking like, man, I don't know, is he Ford? Would I rather have would I rather have Max Crosby over Brian Burns? That's a good question. Um but I mean I think that's just those guys are that close that yeah, you're gonna constantly be doing that. So that's kinda how it goes uh with the with these lists. But yeah, Brian Burns, I mean, you know, he's just gotten better every single year. Entering year three. Um we know that he sounds motivated to he's aware that he hasn't gotten ten sacks, so he knows. He's. Like, he said it literally pisses him off that he's been stuck. Yep. Under ten sacks. So that'll be a goal for him, and I think he has. I mean, he has a great chance to do it. I mean, he's just. He's one of these guys that was already just so talented. Just it's gonna for him. I think it's just growing into his body and becoming more of just a grown ass man. Grown ass man strength. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking it up here just to compare these two guys. So Brian Burns started 2019, 128, 2020, 207 points. 2021, 204 points. Both guys, six foot five, about 250 pounds, both 24 years old with three years of experience. But Max Crosby, at least up until this point, has performed better for IDP. So I think, yeah, if you were considering flip flopping there on Brian Burns versus Max Crosby, who's in the better situation for 2022? I would argue that Max Crosby probably is. Yeah, and I think I feel like Burns is probably more consistent. 
Max Crosby's giving you those those boom weeks. Yeah, that'll win you. You know your matchup, but yeah, let's take a look at the log here. So the log for Brian Burns, yeah, some really nice, some really nice output here. It tailed off, if I remember correctly. It did. I mean, he started off nice, 16, 17, 17, then eight, five, fifteen, twenty four, seven, twenty six, two, fourteen point nine, but then twenty four, six, twelve. Yeah, he finished That's the season good, though, really good up until your last two weeks of the year, and this is probably what stuck in your craw: two point two five in week sixteen. 4.5 in week 17. That's that's tough. So he Hassan lets you Reddick down. Sucked it up too, if I remember right, on the end of the year. What's that? Hassan Reddick sucked too. Mm. That whole defense was just. Has Carolina out. Uh, upgraded in any significant way, any supporting cast that, that he's going to have with him this year that he didn't last year? I mean, not really. No, not really. Um, Still going to be the Shaq Thompson and uh, they got Jeremy Chin show. Yeah, that Xavier Woods. Hassan Reddick's out now. Does that open the door for Big Yeats? I don't know. I think that team is worse than it was last year, and that team was bad last year. It's a bad team. That could That's be one of the worst teams in the NFL. That could be a dark horse for the number one overall pick in 2023 right there. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing at quarterback? They're going to trot out Darnold. Yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, – it sounds like if Baker Mayfield is going somewhere besides Cleveland, it's going to be to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So that's a nightmare scenario there. Yeah, you're, well, it's Carolina. down between Sam Darnold and Matt Corral. So have fun there. Yeah. And, I mean, even if it is Baker, like whoop, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, what do you really – Matt Rule is just going to try to save his job at this point. It's a yeah. shame that uh, McCaffrey's going to probably live out the rest of his uh, prime. On a, I mean, for fantasy, woohoo! because he's Who the whole offense. But, right. God, that's really Sucks depressing. Like DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore. He's got to deal with that shit. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, really? Like we're we're that that's almost everyone wants to crap on the Seahawks, Drew Locke versus Geno Smith, and that is god awful. But Sam Darnold versus Matt Corral, it's bad. Maybe worse. <laughs> that may legitimately be a worse competition right there. So it's bad when you need Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo to parachute in and save your quarterback room. How can you go back to Sam Darnold? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know? It's like, just give me one more year, Tepper. Like, no. No, Get out, Sam. Did you watch the same game? name? Yeah. Sam. (laughs) First name? (laughs) I was like, why the Sam shade? And I was like, oh, wait. (laughs) Got a Sam sitting to my left. Sam, let's wrap up here because... We're uh, we're pushing about two and a half hours at this point. About three, bud. <laughs> we might be. We very well might be. But let's wrap up here. These last three guys we know are awesome. We've talked about them. If there is a big three of the edge world, it is Miles Garrett at three, TJ Watt at two, and Nick Bosa at number one. So the question I have for you, are these your top three? And if they are, is it the same order for you as what it is here for Addy? This is definitely my top three. It's these three guys, without a doubt. TJ Watt is just incredible, isn't he? He's really good. Was it was it was it tough for you to put Watt at two? I mean, what, did what, did you have to think really hard about these three? Um, these big three. Just be TJ Watt only slides out just because of he's like twenty six compared to like. Um, well, Miles Garrett's actually right there by him too. Nick Bosa, I think, is like twenty three. Whoa, really? Okay. Yeah, let's look up Nick Bosa while we're uh, debating these three. So Nick Bosa is 24.6 years old. I love that his best comparable player is his brother. Get out of here, you dorks. 
Would you say that these three guys are in the same tier and then there's everybody else? Yes. Or, I mean, they're, they're these guys are the this same This is tier team. one. Yeah. This Miles is tier Garrett's one. 26 and a half, so he's a year younger. Uh, TJ Watt's 27.7. Miles Garrett's still 26. Yeah. yeah, so Nick Bosa. So what? this was an age thing. Was age essentially the tiebreaker for you? Nick Bosa my one? Nick Bosa's your one. Yeah, so that's why. Nick Bosa has three years, or he's three years younger than T.J. Watt, so. But, I mean, T.J. Watt was bonkers last year. But, yeah, T.J. Watt is, like, he is the cheat code for IDP. I mean, Micah Parsons was that for a stretch there, too. And he maybe he he might be that as well going forward. But, man, T.J. Watt's done it for, like, three straight years now. 26.3 points per game. That's like a quarterback, you know. I mean, like it's a stud quarterback. You you want to say, oh, regression's coming, but I mean, he's done it multiple years in a row now. And every yeah, I mean, and everything's still set up pretty much the exact same there. Yeah, what's Pittsburgh. really changed? They didn't have Stefan Tuitt last year, so that wasn't necessarily yeah. a loss. So I mean, you can expect more of the same. I but mean, I mean, look at these totals, y'all. It's like, oh, he's not going to do it again. And keep in mind, he did this in 15 games. Yeah. 15 games, he put up 393.75 points. Last year, or the year before, 2020, 341.25. The year before, 344.35. Yeah. He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. Um, So, I think if you wanted to shake these three up and they come out in any order, I'm not going to be upset. Now, best ball... Uh, or you're for going TJ Watt is TJ Watt is TJ Watt hundred percent TJ Watt's the first player off the board. Yeah, because the law. I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna have TJ Watt in startup. I'm just not. I'm not gonna have to. You have to spend a fifth round pick to get him. So he had the poopy games. He's not immune from that. I mean, Cincinnati week twelve two points. Week fourteen Minnesota first round of your playoffs. No, I'm sorry. That's the that's the last week of the new expanded he season. He had some really stinky two point seven five, and then in your sec your semifinal game one point two five. But if you made the championship with TJ Watt, you won. Yeah. Why? Because he scored fifty five point seven five points <laughs> by big three scoring. But look, at, are you looking at his log? I'm looking at his log. Look how many he had like a lot of forty point games. Oh yeah, he had a thirty one point seven five week one. Uh, week six, he had forty-eight point five five against Seattle. Week nine against Chicago, forty-two point five five. Week thirteen against Baltimore, fifty point seven. And then the aforementioned game against the Cleveland Browns, fifty-five point seven five points. A, that's just a league win. That's absurd. That's not you league. get those performances, and you don't win your week. You didn't set your lineup. Yeah. You've got empty spots on your roster. So and when 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 you mentioned one game in particular, was that like in a clutch game, like late? late that was year, the like semifinals. Playoffs? Yeah. No, what, I'm sorry. What? No, I'm sorry. That was the finals. If you managed to survive, because he killed you in the semifinals of your fantasy and playoffs, Zach, didn't Zach? Did Zach make the semifinals? Zach got beat in the semifinals. Yeah, and he had T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt. Yeah. So oh, he boy. he gave you 1.25 points, but if you managed to squeak through, you probably won. What what week was it where Miles Garrett tore off the dude's helmet and tried to oh hit him? Oh my god! It, it that was, was the uh, week right after Ben traded. For yeah, him. I was gonna say that was what two seasons ago, three Poor seasons man. ago when he tried to decapitate Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Probably my favorite meme to this day is still uh, Mason Rudolph <laughs> with the giant dent in his head. It's a good one. Whoever good, did that, a lot of good stuff came out of that. Photoshop is yeah the space cadet pictures of him with his oh, face man, mask so off. Funny, Mason Rudolph is quite a character, y'all. So there we go. 
Yeah, probably pushing P at about three hours worth of content for y'all. So hopefully you enjoyed this mega episode breaking down the top 24 edge rushers. And folks, again, if you want to go deeper than the top 24, which if you're playing in leagues like us, you want to go deeper than 24, pick up the IDP draft kit over at the idpdraftkit.com. Only 20 bucks. We're getting this thing updated for our June updates. So make sure you check it out. We're going to get you prepared to dominate your drafts. If you're checking out RSO or all 22, all 22, use promo code IDP show. You're going to get 10% off RSO and 40% off all 22. Sam, thank you, my friend, for making your debut in the Sochak. I think we had you on an episode maybe of the XFFL podcasts back in the right. day yeah. doing like an auction recap when there were like six people around the table. And when I was real proud of taking Trey Quinn as Mr. Irrelevant. There you go. I really thought that was going to turn out to be that's something. Right. I think that's when Lauren famously uh, referred to somebody's group of DNs as a, as a great group of guys. <laughs> uh, that's right. I think he was really inebriated at that we point. We all so, started laughing at that. Yeah, we were, we were really asking too much of Lauren at that like, point. Oh, what can you say about this guy? What can you say? It's a great group of guys. It's just really, really fantastic. I, I make fun of him for that all the time. Just my favorite analysis. Uh, just because I don't know what point he was trying to make. Like, were they really nice guys? Did they get along well? Like, I think he's probably did, just nervous. It gets, it's, it's nervous to be on. You, tough. You, you, you guys are in the groove. You know, you guys have been doing this for a long time. You guys kind of feel comfortable with it. I think in this mic in front of your face and all these cameras and stuff. You know, you don't, you don't have that in. People who don't podcast don't don't have all that shit. It in their takes face, you know some what I'm getting used to, that's for sure. It does. Josh is still on me. And all the cameras are dead, Addy. They died like okay. fifteen minutes all right, ago. Good, thank God. <laughs> yes, it hasn't been on you for like thirty minutes. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me on though. It's been a lot of fun. Well, we'll have you back. We'll uh, we'll have so you back. Last time you'll ever see this place. I know. Depends on the <laughs> reaction. Stunts you pulled. Yeah, the R words and the the, the ownership. You know. <laughs> Uh, you get a good oh, look. Oh, oh, yeah, the uh, Washington, the old Washington team name. You get a good look. You'll never see me again. <laughs> yeah, You'll never see me again. That is gonna make sure you don't make it home. Yeah. But thank you, yeah, folks. Sam, Sam lives in Nashville, so he's got about yeah. an hour drive here. It's twelve thirty-seven Bowling Green time. Say a little prayer for Sam. Yeah, let's hope Sam makes it home okay. But we'll have you back on, Sam. We'll uh, we'll talk some DBs. He's had a lot to drink. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Addy, let me take the show home. Uh, Put a bow on it. Yeah. We'll talk top 24 DBs at the end of July and have you back on. How does that sound? That sounds great. All right. Well, appreciate you guys. You will not be hearing from me. I am headed to Italy for a month, y'all. So you'll be hearing from some fine folks in the feed over the next four weeks. Cooking the pizza. (laughs) We're going to get out of here. We're getting into Italian stereotypes at this point. So we hope you all enjoyed, and we'll see you in the feed next week. I never want to.